It is the Chair Shop Podcast back here on Sunday evening. We've got another jam-packed show full of wrestling and non-wrestling topics to discuss. I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined as always by my ever-dependable co-host and pals. First of all, Joe. Hello there, Barry. Hello, hello. And also, Mr. Paul, the producer. Hello, hello. This week's candle, sea salt and sandalwood. Okay. From Tesco. Do they call it sandalwood because it's the shit sandals are made out of? <laughs> I've never thought about it. You might actually, be right. Every time I hear sandalwood, I'm like, like sh- the shoes? I never understood where that comes from. Um, it's, it's a type of wood. Maybe sandals used to be made from that wood. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, dog, the dog's got a thought on that. I can edit, I'll edit those dog noises out, don't worry. No, put, put more in. Put more in. Put in, more in, yeah. We can make it, okay. we can make it the, the, the dog uh, cast. Dog cast. Um, yeah, so we're, we're back here on a Sunday evening. Um, for the first time in a while, I think I've had a, a, a bit of a busy week. Busier than usual. Nice. Um, I don't know why because uh there's been no formal rule change but like every pub in limerick has started serving takeaway pints again um like literally apropos of nothing because there's right. no change coming that i mean a lot of them had been open for a while doing cocktails and fucking this we can get milkshakes and we're doing takeaway food blah, blah, blah. but someone flipped the switch like last week and like we're just we're just doing pints again i don't, I don't know what the what the hold up was i don't know if there was a licensing issue or a council issue Right. Uh, but for me, me and uh, uh, me and uh, Verona did go out on Friday evening and, and and Saturday as well to have a few scoops. It is nice to be able to do that, and there was quite a jovial atmosphere in town. And plus, you can't really go too mad because it's there's there's no like technically outdoor drinking isn't even supposed to be or or eating. No, nothing is supposed to be open. So basically, they're just kind of serving people through a door. And so there's no sitting down, there's no tables, right. and there's just people hovering, there's a bit of a buzz around town, but the most critical thing is that there's no toilets. Um, so I cashed in my one, uh, before I got too embarrassed, my one going into Starbucks. You oh, are these coming? Oh, or is it the alcohol shakes coming in? I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so we couldn't really, you know, we weren't quite on the, uh, on the lash, as it were. Did a little bit of a, a of kind of a, a stroll in a circle. Uh, and got a few drinks. It was nice. It was nice. And as I said, there was a bit of a, a buzz around town, which was nice. Although the very first place we went to on Friday, uh, I won't name it. It is a lovely pub. I do I do quite like it. But uh, immediately, the first I was in the line to get my first takeaway pint since I think September, when they, they stopped doing them before Christmas or something. And right. there was a, immediately a drunkard causing hassle. Um, they set up a one-way system to go in and around, you know, walk in this door, keep your yeah, distance, yeah. keep your mask on, order your pint, get your pint, go out mm. this other door, very good. Then it was very well done. And some drunk fella barges in the exit door the wrong way up, no mask, screaming and shouting that he wants more booze. And... <laughs> And then when they when the security grabbed him, did they all? Oh, don't you grab me! And then and then I, they always do this. I don't know why. I don't know what if it's some kind of instinctual defense mechanism. They then start to haggle down and like, oh, just give me some ribena. I'm just looking for some ribena. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, but I see that all the time. It's like it's like they don't want to admit defeat and leave with nothing. 
Right. Because there was also, I think I talked about on the show a few weeks ago, I went to the local spa for my lunch and there was a fella there getting kicked out for not wearing a mask. Yeah. Uh, and he was at the deli. And he also, when the manager was kicking off trying to get rid of him, he went over to the water and tried to buy a bottle of water. I'm like, just go. What? What is it like your pride won't let you leave with nothing? Just get out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, just give us some lettuce. Give us a bit of the lettuce at least. <laughs> How much is this, this uh, chorizo? Uh, what is... Um, uh, Jake Pierce was killed by the Brits so I could have some <laughs> chicken, at least. So there was there was a bit of an eye-rolly kind of Jesus Christ. We're li- literally, yeah. technically not even really supposed to be back open and already there's the old someone has to ruin it for everyone else thing going on. But I will say, uh, you know, Friday evening and then Saturday afternoon we went around again. Seemed like most people were being on good behavior. Everyone was in good spirits. There wasn't, there was no messing. I didn't see anyone else barging around without a mask or causing hassle. So that was good. Um, so that was nice. You know, we got out and about. Had a bit of a, had a bit of a walk um, around the town. The weather was decent, bit windy, but it was you know, moderately you know decent for for a weekend. Um, I was back in the kitchen again, lads. Oh, you know me, I'm a real, I'm a real. Uh, I'm a real Ramsey now. I am. Uh, I made I made some delicious breakfast quesadillas yesterday. Uh, egg, sausage, rasher, cheese in a in a in a thingy. What do you call those? Wrap, tortilla. Not, yeah, tortilla. That's it. I'm a, I'm a, a Mexican, you know, food aficionado here, which is why I forgot the word for wrap thingy. Just wrap um, it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, but also, I, I, I am a bit of a plain boy, so I didn't have anything spicy on it. Um, you know, my girlfriend, she, I mean, she has literally lived in New York, so she's all about that hot sauce on eggs thing. I can't stand that. I would never even humor that idea. It's sickening to me. So I, I put Tabasco sauce on hers, but I did not have, I literally just had the breakfast food served up to me in a slightly different way than I usually eat of it. Basically I, I said, I'm a bit of a plain boy. <laughs> Well, yeah, I am. That's, that's my how I would describe my eating. Uh, Fair enough. I I empathize. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the week. Um, uh, you know, pretty solid. Um, bit of a well, I would say a bit of a bummer earlier in the week. I was quite depressed about the uh, the the more or less gutting of the of the giant bomb crew, which is ah uh, yes, uh, I was going to bring this up. My my preferred podcast of choice. Um, really, kind of when I and I really was thinking about it. I was like, I, I really don't listen to too many video game podcasts or watch many YouTubers at all anymore. Right. Like, I'm, like most people, I kind of have watched a bit of IGN here or there. The kind of funny lads I've watched their stuff on and off over the years. Oh, <laughs> kind of, you know, is dreadful. Yeah, I, I like any time I try and check in now recently, I'm just like, oh, this is this is this is somehow actually getting worse. You know, over time. Yeah. I um, I only listen, I listen to Game Scoop, but it is it's not like a personality driven show, like new, kind of funny yeah. or yeah, it's it's very specific to the hosts and it's very kind of dry and oh, I'm I'm playing Lord of the Rings online game from a decade <laughs> ago, you know, it's it's definitely my kind of thing, but it's it's very dry compared to the the other personality driven games media out there. That's the only yeah. games podcast I listen to these days, Game Scoop, because everything else just turned turned me off. Especially kind of funny. Yeah, I think there's. I think I just don't think there's a whole lot of compelling stuff on there. I mean, so many people have kind of just jacked it in and gone the Twitch route, right? Um, which I'm trying to get into Twitch more because that's just where people are. 
you know what I mean? But it's just it's not a format or a website I like or a no. community I like. It's just not my thing. But yeah, that was a bummer. It really was. I mean, that it was kind of three of the of the kind of five main figures, founding fathers, as it were. Um, and that's after like two years of kind of continual losses. Anyway, it's, it's just really disappointing. Really, really disappointing. Um, it's still going to go on in some fashion. They haven't even specified what's going, what the next phase is going to look like. That was a bummer. So I, I was kind of glad I had a decent weekend to take my mind off it because it was a real bummer during the week. Um, uh, to keep that in mind, you know, it's like it, it is like you know your favorite TV show going off air, mm. your favorite you know magazine being discontinued or whatever. Um, yeah, that was a bummer. But um, luckily, yeah. we'll never go away, Barry. That's it. I mean, somehow, despite infinitely better products fading away over the years, we have endured. I mean, I, I mean, science cannot explain it. They, they really can't. Um, That's uh, positive. Is albeit our show is very weird and is, is simultaneously stuck in a niche, but also not about any one thing anymore. Um, for those who enjoy it, we've been going for like eleven years now. So that's pretty. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's, they've, 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 you know, we've, we've, we've served up uh, a slice of whatever this is, with really only moderate breaks. I mean, there was a, a, there was a, a number of periods where one or more of us was unavailable, blah, blah blah. But we we almost always got a show out. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's so that there's that. Give us yeah. a little pat ski on the back. Why not? Well done, well done to us. And yeah, looking forward to the next week. Even though there has been no official changes in the pub rules, we are obviously getting back to the old hairdressers. Um, and uh, barber shops and things of that nature. Um, my uh, barber of choice uh, didn't doesn't have a booking system, and so the, for the previous easing of, of restrictions, you just kind of had to wing it and lock it. And and you know, I kind of ducked out of work early, sprinted to the to the location, and you know, you were like, "You things are being a bit different this time." The, the government like you have to have a booking system. You're not allowed to have people queuing outside your business. Blah blah. So um, my I, my preferred hairdresser has what I think they've done is they've literally just Googled free booking software, free booking websites to very abruptly set something up. And I, I, I'm hoping to get in next week. This is um, at the very least, the woman who usually cuts my hair. I mean, outright thinks COVID isn't a thing. So um, <laughs> so probably probably why they 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 just kind of said, look, let's just get the most basic booking thing imaginable, and just I don't think she, what did she say? I don't think she said it was a thing or it wasn't a thing, but kind of gave me the whole kind of gave me everything, but and and uh, was giving me the 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 fucking. They make up the death numbers. Um, the <laughs> she was giving me all the good stuff the last time I went in for a hair. What am I, I going to do? I, that, I for some reason it's the one place I like to go, even though it's a very cheap poxy place in a shopping center. Just, um, just go ahead and say, you know how some barbers or hairdressers don't talk to the clients when they're cutting their hair. Can we try that? Just see how it goes. I would love that. I mean that that is. That is the one great Nathan for you innovation ever is when he does the cab service where people can choose not to speak. Yeah. Um, uh, I was uh, I was talking to Brona about uh, what, the thing I can't wait when this is all over to be able to do is to go and get a massage because I think it's the ultimate stress relief. Okay. We're all working from home, sitting on like shitty fucking work desks and chairs and all this other stuff, and she's never had it done. And what I, I like to have a massage either. 
I think you, I think you'd like it. I think it's 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 the type of thing people think. Oh, would I would I like that? Is that you know? And yeah. it is it is a bit of a hump to get over. The first one is you're you're taking. It's like going to the cinema on your own. It's kind of there's a little bit of a hump, but once you do it once, I think you'll love it. And I explained to her. She was like, "Oh, do you do you talk to them?" I was like, "No, this is the best part." It's on the form when you're signing in. You're like, "Oh, my shoulder's a little bit tense. I don't have an allergy to X Y Z. I'm not on any medication." And then the big one, the last of the form, the most important one is, "Do you want to be spoken to while this is going on?" And I always check the no. And they they come in. They're quite nice. You, you do your shake hands. Oh yeah, that's very nice. If you need anything, just let me know. And get, and I'll just leave the room. And you get up on the table. You get up on the table. They come back in, and there's not another word said for the duration of your treatment. It's, it's, it's a the bit weird. Thing. I would think I'm. Um, um... You know, masseuse speaking to you. Like, I get a yeah. cab driver, I get a hairdresser kind of having a chat about whatever, but while someone's massaging you and they're going, so going yeah. anywhere on your holidays this year? Yeah. yeah. What, what is that really like last night? Oh my <laughs> Jesus. You, like, I, I just don't know what he's on. I wonder what, what else could be on there for him. Do you, do you want them to maintain eye contact the whole time? Definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> how far away um, from the knob do you want him to go or how close? <laughs> Well, that is that is the that is a weird thing is because like um, every single time I, I, I've gone to different places, yeah. but every single time they like adjust my undies like I'm wearing them too oh, high. Oh, like, crack! That's the uh, sign. That's the, the point, signal, Barry. Just, just the the tip of the arse crack is out right. a little bit. Like, <laughs> it's not. I'm not doing a full Ric Flair house show routine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of like it's just like is it. I kind of think it's my favorite time. It's like, do you need that half an inch more to get the, the good back muscles to lower my undies? Like, do you know what they should do? Knowing that, Barry, they should give you a, a little baby wipe as you go in just to be sure. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm always very thorough. I mean, okay, I, yeah, okay, it's, okay, okay. It's the, I, I, I would always like shower that morning as well. Like, I do not want to be the disgusting, gross man going but in. If you're a novice like me, you don't know what little inch has been pulled out or whatever. I don't want to be a little coming out. <laughs> just, just to be sure, you never know. Well, it's like it's like you know, it's it's like fun. You're finding out as you go, but um, but yeah, no massage, no massage is just yet. Just just the conspiracy theorist haircuts. So uh, that's that's my week. Oh, wonderful. Well, I simultaneously prefer them not to speak to me, but I'm also a bit jealous of like the black barber shops you see in like films and stuff because they just seem to have like the best time. Like, I kind of want to go to one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and like they're talking about like you know cultural issues and and they're having a laugh, and and yeah, it's it's very communal. Like I don't like the typical barbers I go to. They they might see I've United jersey. Oh, they see the football jersey. They oh, what are they like? But that's the extent of how communal it gets. You know, it's very very pointless, very shallow. Having a chat yeah. with a barber constantly get like where do you work yeah oh my god I was like, why do you care about that? i don't care i don't care that you work here just cut my hair like, <laughs> oh lord yeah well my hair is is growing back in now i still have a bit of the old receding hairline but sure look mm. i'm 30 what age am I now? I'm I'm definitely that age where I don't remember what age I am. Thirty three. Thirty three. Thirty four this year. Fucking hell. Um so it's <laughs> clinging on there. I need to look up what age what age is John Moxley, just so I have a comparison. <laughs> John Moxley is thirty five. Okay, well that's not great. Um 
it's not a great um what you call it source of uh Barry's gone by the way just now noticed Barry would we'll you give him a minute I can hear to, you to reappear you hear me? oh I can, I, you can hear he's there Barry's here I see him I, I see can him. hear Paul again I can hear him okay let me continue talking about so John Moxley's 35 that's not a Great source of confidence for me in terms of where I'm going down the road. You're doing, you're doing better than him, though. You're doing better than him. There was one week recently where I just saw him. I said, "Which just shave it off, lad." <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking good. So at least he doesn't have the bedraggled old string hair he had a few years ago. Um, not much for me this week. It was a fairly quiet one. Was I down? I was, I was talking to Natty now. Was I down in the except this week or was that last week's video? this week i don't know i'm f- fucking globe trotting to the point i don't know where i've been what's going on um the only notable thing i would say is natty's birthday in two days so we're going to be celebrating okay. that i got her a nice little secret present that she doesn't know about yet Ooh. and i also got her which she does know about uh pre-ordered her that mass effect uh legendary edition oh very nice she's a big mass effect head so i figured she'd enjoyed that it's got all the DLC and all the three games in it, remastered for the PS4. Um, so we're going to be celebrating that. It is in two days. We're probably going to celebrate it tomorrow because we've got stuff to do on the Tuesday. So I'm taking tomorrow and Tuesday off work. Uh, anyway, to celebrate that, she is much younger than me. So she's got a way to go before she's 34. <laughs> well done on that. Um, but aside you, from... You're saying that to yourself, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Um, not got much else to report. I don't think I'm looking around to see if I've got to remember anything else that's happened. No, that's pretty much it. I think. Yeah, hey, I'm looking forward to that uh, Mass Effect gimmick. Mm. Um, well, my thing about Mass Effect, not to jump ahead to Game Guff, um, but I I maybe talked about this at the time, but like I played the first Mass Effect when it came out. And I played probably the first half or so of Mass Effect 2 when it came out. And then Natty, mm. when, when we started going out, was always on me. Oh, you have to play Mass Effect 2. And it's great. Play Mass Effect 2 is the best one. Play 3. Da, da, da. And I was like, I will, I will, I will, I will. And then I made a promise for whatever reason. Um, in the months coming up to Christmas, um, I was going to get Fallout 4 at the time. So this must have been like 2014, yeah. I guess. I'm going to get Fallout 4 for Christmas. And I promise I will not start Fallout 4 until I have beaten Mass Effect 2 and 3. So I think I spent about what felt like nine hours on Christmas Eve trying as fast (laughs) as I could to beat Mass Effect 3. (laughs) And I have no memory of the game because it was just such a blur. I wasn't taking any of it in. I wasn't, you know, absorbing the story. And I was just, beat the game, beat the game, beat the game. Yeah. So it, it would be nice to revisit and be able to take a more leisurely pace and actually, you know, experience the game as it was meant to be experienced. I, I really do like Mass Effect, um, all three of them, in fact. I definitely think two is the best one, but I'd be yeah. interested to revisit them after herself has uh, completed them, I guess, or simultaneously, whichever. I'm I, yeah, I, I'm interested to play through it to completion for the first. I don't know if I'll get it like at release, but like yeah. I, I, I will definitely like to play because I've only played two from beginning to end, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, and I think they've said they're, they're kind of making some changes to one, kind yeah, of making it more playable, yeah. um, which is which is fine. Because I, I remember playing one, and like everyone else, I'm thinking, this is 
really fucking cool, but I just couldn't. There was something about it. I just couldn't really get through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I hope she likes it, and I hope it, I hope it turns out. Um, I hope well. she likes it too. Otherwise, it's uh, <laughs> if she doesn't like it, it'll be a waste of interest. <laughs> oh, I also got her on Amazon. Although I'm having some weird, like all my orders on Amazon so far have been like a month pending with no dispatch. I don't know what's going on. What in the world? Yeah, I've I think I've ordered. Let me just double check. I've ordered like three things on Amazon, and none of them have been sent out yet. Um, yeah, still not dispatched this one. Oh yeah, I ordered the candle on the seventh of April. Still not been dispatched. What? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Anyway, I ordered her, long story short, some tiny little plastic like doll hands. Is it on TikTok, sweetie? Or where where have you seen the tiny hand thing? TikTok. There's people who do like these little tiny the hands look like this. I, <laughs> you listeners can't see what I'm doing, but imagine you're 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 holding your hand up to somebody to say, Stop! Do not approach me. Yeah. Little plastic hands like that. And people put them like at the end of their sleeves to look like they got little tiny hands. So Natty wanted them, so I bought them for (laughs) Again, not even even been dispatched yet, though. That's outrageous. Maybe maybe they're like running on back order because they're so popular. Natty says they're supposed to go on your fingers. No, the one that I bought doesn't go on your finger. It's got a little um, like sphere that sticks out the bottom they can hold on to. Yeah, it's a ball joint one. Is that bad? You don't want that one? I can cancel. It's not been dispatched yet. <laughs> it's all working out. It's all working it's out. Bad. You know. Okay, I'll get the um, I'll get that other one then. Oh, good thing I brought it up on the podcast. Um, no other news for me. Let me just quickly go to Amazon and cancel that uh, <laughs> that order and get the get the right one. Um, what about you, Joe? I have to come clean, lads. While while we've been recording so far, I'm currently in the final of a Rocket League tournament. So I've been, oh, play, I've oh been playing that for the last 20 minutes. Because <laughs> I started, I joined at 7 o'clock, and normally I get knocked out with my team sort of in the first round or two. But we actually somehow, by a miracle, made it to the final. Um, oh, fuck, I just hit the crossbar. Um, so yeah, somehow <laughs> made it to the final. So I'm currently in... Uh, game two of the final, we're one nil down. Um, my teammates are shit. I don't know how we've got to the final, but yeah. So th- that's going well. Um, other than that, um, been a good weekend. Yesterday was absolute. The, the weather was so bollocks. We just sat in and watched football uh, all day. Um, went out about seven eight o'clock, which is nice because by the time. You get to that sort of time, it's still light, but the park near us is completely empty because everyone's gone home to have dinner. So you can just stroll around the park, completely empty, massive park uh, with no screaming okay. children or people or other Excellent. annoying things going on. So that, that was nice. Uh, and then today we actually went to see my grandparents for the first time since Christmas, which was really cool. So they're, they're feeling a bit better. They've obviously not left the house for a year, which is right fun um so they're doing well and then because um basically where they live is where michelle and i used to have a flat before we bought this one um so we had a little walk around where we used to live and went to one of our kind of favorite restaurants and we're we're fortunately able to get a table um outside um straight away without having to wait which is nice 
I had a lovely little burger and fries with mine had my came with blue cheese sauce in it, which was very delicious, but it was literally sauce in a burger. So as soon as I bit into it, it just went everywhere. But um okay. still very, very enjoyable. Um yeah, and then um made our way home in time for the old uh, chair shop podcast, threw on the Rocket League, um to my surprise. Um, still in it at this point. So any cash on the line in this Rocket League? No, this is just kind of the the in game sort of tournament. You okay. get. they have like three or four a day. Oh, for, you fucking prick! Sorry, this my, my just two nil down now. Um, oh, outrageous! This guy, this guy has kind of appointed himself as the goalkeeper, but he's fucking useless in goal. He just every time someone takes a shot, he doesn't get near it. Let me go in goal, mate. You go up front. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's that's life, Garth. Uh, whether it's a good week or a great week will depend on the outcome of this. Uh, this okay. Yeah, I will say, when oh. it comes to Rocket League, I was always more a fan of the like one-on-one games as yeah. opposed to, I think, three-on-three is the default. Like, yeah. I never, I never like playing with other people. Whenever we play multiplayer, whether it's like local multiplayer, me and my brother or whatever, or online, um, I remember one time I absolutely uh, annihilated our, our mutual friend, Neil Wood. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> under, under, under the auspices of um, oh, I was I wanted to get the platinum trophy, and, and I was saying, oh, I need to play an online game. Neil, do you fancy a game? Proceeded to beat him like fourteen nil or something. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't let on that I'm actually quite good at rocket. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't particularly like when it's when there's other people responsible for whether I win or lose or not. Like, uh, Neil, Neil isn't one of the many cast of characters we've had on this show over the years, is he? No, I don't think we ever had Neil on. I don't think so. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, we must get him on at some stage to talk about this ambush. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's funny because Neil. Let's not do a segment about Neil, but Neil is a uh, a British man who lives in Seattle and has the oddest <laughs> half English, half American accent you ever will hear. He's a bit like Fraser. It's kind of. Well, <laughs> a little bit. Half Seattle, half British. Yeah. Anyway, that's the life guff. That's the here. life guff. Uh, we move on to telly here. Uh, I did finish Escape with Danny Mora, which I, I quite enjoyed. That is on the old Now TV. If anyone's looking for just a good, tight prison TV show, eight episodes based on an IRL story. Uh, with great performances. Uh, Patricia Arquette, uh, Javier Bardem, Paul Dano. Uh, I was reading about this. One of those ones where I, like, I went and read about the story behind it after it was done. I was like, okay, this is fascinating. But yeah, not much um, not much else. Yeah, I didn't realize that Ben Stiller directed all the episodes of it. Yeah, and it's like slick. It's like really good. I mean, it's very, it's very... It's not very show-offy. It's it kind of functions in a lot of places, but there's the key scenes. He fucking goes for it, and it's really it, it's it's really good. It's really really good. Um, uh, yeah, just a, just a good solid series um, with, with great performances. Um, I didn't realize Paul Dano's character. I suppose not really. Apparently, this seemed like a bigger news story that I I, I, just, I guess I didn't you know pick up on at the time paul dano's character is still alive the person he plays in real life he he is currently for you know the prison breakout he's currently in like permanent solitary confinement and under 24-hour video surveillance which sounds bad i would like that to be honest <laughs> sounds like the lecter stuff or something. that doesn't uh doesn't sound cool to be honest um but yeah 
no, uh, no other TV uh, for me this week. What about though the big TV event of the week, Ooh, Joe, Joe? How was how was the the line of duty? The big conclusion. Um, is it season or series? Is it done or is it just like a season finale? They, I haven't been a hundred percent clear on that, but it, it felt very much like a series uh, finale. But certainly, the yeah, season finale. So um, greatly anticipated um, <laughs> by basically most of the country. Yeah. And I watched it. I have to say though, so essentially the, the big thing that everyone was waiting for was a kind of reveal of like who was the big criminal mastermind. Previously erroneously codenamed Itch, now known as the fourth man. Um, that was what everyone was waiting for. And to be honest, obviously we were doing the show last week and so I didn't watch it live. And I actually got a spoiler WhatsApp from my mum who had watched oh, it. Oh, no. About who it was. And so, well, I, it wasn't like a completely uh, sort of unambiguous text, but it was one of those where you're like, um, is that what she's talking about? So I kind of suspected. Um, yeah. So I kind of knew. So I think if you, if you see the reaction, I'm like, a lot of people disappointed, a lot of people calling it the worst. Um, finale since Game of Thrones, which I think is a bit over the top because Game of Thrones was absolute tosh and the whole of the last season was awful, whereas this wasn't that bad. Um, but I do have to say, if I hadn't been spoiled, I may have been a little bit sort of, hmm, not sure about that one. Um, it was a little bit like Jericho's fall off the cage, <laughs> which we'll get to <laughs> later. You know, not not like awful, but a bit unsatisfying. Um so yeah, I I still enjoyed the the series kind of overall. I thought this last season was really really good, but the final episode just not just the reveal, but actually the whole episode was a bit flat compared to okay. the normal line of duty, which is normally you know really tense and, and really good. So yeah, it kind of whiffed the, the finale a bit, but I I would it would still be a show that I would go and rewatch because I think it, there's a lot um, that you can kind of pick up on going back, looking at sort of old episodes as to little bits, little moments that were were picked up on later so yeah some mild disappointment but i, I wasn't too like pissed off with it so i yeah, still yeah. recommend still recommend watching it yeah i mean as far as reveals and you know twists at the end like if you enjoyed the journey to get there anyway that's yeah how, that's yeah. most of the fun to be honest I suppose I don't I don't know what the twist is because I'm I'm two seasons behind. Um, mm. But it's kind of one of those things where like Line of Duty doesn't have a massive cast. Kind of like, it could only have been a handful of people really. And I was like, yeah. I, it's to me it just doesn't seem like the kind of show where it really hinges on oh a big reveal. I, I, that's not kind of that's not really what I enjoy out of it. They don't really make a secret of who the bad guys are mostly anyway. So mm. I mm. I you know it's not that's not really what I get out of it. But you know I, I think what, what if I told you it was Maggie Simpson? Oh. That'd be great. And she comes in and it's like Roger Rabbit. She's just animated in the in the world. That'd be fucking great. Um Yeah. Um I have to I have to do an old catch up there. I, I to be fair, it does seem incredibly hard to do, do a satisfactory ending to a, a, a popular yeah. TV show. I mean, how, how, how the hype levels, the hype levels are so high that I can't imagine trying to satisfy it after sort of six, seven years of, of doing that show. Um, uh, I, I wasn't, but were either of you Dexter people? I know people hate, no. hated that ending. No, I wasn't. That's coming back, actually, which I, I don't know how... Like, I know a lot of furious Dexter fans who just despised it after the ending. I wonder how they feel about it being kind of revived. Um, yeah. 
It's only a matter of time until they start like remaking those late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Like me and my brother were chatting since I'm watching like Lost. Um that surely it's only a matter of time before they're like, fuck it, do Lost again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rather um, than trying to emulate it like they've been doing for twenty years now. Just just do it again. I, I don't know if it would really count because it was just a very small, it was only a couple of years between them, but they did, they tried to do 24 with a different lead character. Yeah, and, 24, yeah. what was it called? 24 something. Live Another Day. <laughs> After Dark or something. It had a it, it, subtitle. It was, it was weird because they did a comeback season with Sutherland and then they did another one where it's like, okay, we're doing a, a new, but I suppose that was, that was still when 24 was still somewhat yeah, fresh. 24 Legacy. Legacy, that was it, that was it. So yeah, now it's probably been enough time where they might be able to say, okay, we're we're, we're starting it from scratch. Day. You know, it's a new generation. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else could they. What if they said we are kind of like a, a a Walking Dead fear the Walking Dead situation where the two series are running concurrently? What if they said we're going to bring back Good Simpsons to run opposite <laughs> actual Simpsons, <laughs> and they got all the good writers back and they brought Phil Harmon back to life. Um, and just did they the, made uh, it look like ass again instead of HD yeah, animation. Yeah. It's going to be four by three, you know, Zack Snyder's vision. Um, yeah, Smithers is black again for some reason. Did Did you guys read the Schwarzwelder interview? No, no, no. It was good. It was interesting. Um, probably not as f- kind of like our finale conversation. Probably not as bombastic as you might expect for the guy who never does public appearances, never does interviews, never does this, that, or the other. But it, so it, it certainly wasn't filled with scandal. I, I you know from reading Mike Reese's book. I just don't think people who work on Simpsons. I don't think they want to do scandal. I don't think they want to do bitching and gossip. But it was still very interesting and it was very funny as well. Like you'd read it and it's full of Schwarzwelder humor. Um, it did make me want to read his books, which I've heard are good. Um, but yeah, that's oh, where is that New Yorker magazine? I'm sure, if you Google it, it'd be the top result. John Schwartzwelder interview. It was, um, it was funny. Um, yeah, is that all the telly for the week? I believe it is. Yeah, we're we're on to like season fifteen of The Simpsons. The moment it's uh, shit. It's so awful. <laughs> um, so completely terrible. But anyway, that's that's well worn territory at this stage. Uh, what about movies this week? Um, who's seen a movie? Well, I finished off my alphabet thing that I've been doing for a year at this stage. I finally yeah. reached. I did a WXYZ this week. Uh, so before you judge me for my choice of movies, remember my uh, my reason for doing this was to watch movies that I own. Mm-hmm. And so... By virtue of that, you might say, but there's a better Zed movie. Well, if I don't own it, I'm not going to watch it. Anyway, W, War of the Planet, or excuse me, I keep calling it War of the Planet of the Apes, but it's War for the Planet of the Apes. Mm. Um, Google caught me typing the wrong name a couple of times. Uh, the third of the Planet of the Apes reboot, and potentially the final one, I guess, based on how it ends. Um, yeah, I don't think they've I, said anything about that franchise. No, but this was like 2017. Out, this was four years ago. Um, yeah, so I really like the first two. I think I believe I own them both on Blu-ray as well as the third one, but I'm not 
entirely certain. There's the Blu-ray, by the way, just proof. Mm. I ain't stealing these fucking movies, which half of them I do. Um, yeah, I, I really like the first one, and I really like the second one, and I really like the third one. Uh, I think it's a very consistent... Yeah, Natty was watching with me, and we were chanting monkey, monkey, while we watched <laughs> it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very consistent uh, trilogy in terms of its quality. I don't even know if there's one that I would like strongly point to as being the best of the three. I think there are three very equally good films. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're all quite different, which is weird um, yeah. for a trilogy. Like the, the first one is very um, very setup-y in retrospect, in terms of it being mostly about Caesar himself and his... It's, it's Caesar's origin story. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's, Franco it's, and... It's about a monkey and his relationship with a, a tiny group of humans. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, ironically, given that 3 is called War, I think that the second film is the one that's mostly war-based. And then the third one is more... God, it's more like a prison break film, I guess, more yeah. than anything. But yeah, really enjoyed it. I thought the Harrelson was very good in it. Um, Harrelson, sometimes I can watch a movie and think of him as like, well, I know what he's like in real life, and he's kind of like this, not an airhead, but a kind of floaty Rob yeah. Van Damme type. But I really thought he was very good in it. Um, obviously, the kind of stars of the show are the apes themselves and caesar played by played by um old uh what's he called ollie gunner solskjaer um, lookalike circus, <laughs> circus. um uh, he looks like he looks like solskjaer soldier went to war <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he's very very good in it. Uh, yeah I, I i totally thought it was very good on all fronts um yeah, they're they're great movies, and like I said, they're three different movies that are different that, yeah. that are great for different reasons. And and like I said, it's kind of hard to pick one. I think I like the second the best, but I, I kind of I'm kind of due a rewatch. Actually, I think I want to I think I want to watch those again. I kind of like the slow the slow pacing of War, even if I would say if I was really nitpicking, I'd say it's probably about 15, 20 minutes too long. Mm. Um, I think it could be a bit tighter. A nice a nice one hour fifty Mortal Kombat runtime might have. Sooner a bit better, but it's it's really really good. Probably the best of the four movies I watched this week. Uh, so big thumbs up on that. Hopefully they revisit it at some stage. Um, one thing that I figured was going to happen more with this series was that it would ultimately somehow tie into, I guess, the old films, which I guess was never really the point of it. But I I just assumed yeah. it would reach a point where. They'll do the Statue of Liberty set piece, or Statue of Liberty would be somehow involved in like one of the final set pieces of the film, and I don't know. Somehow we then follow on to the the Heston movies, but maybe yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, like that would actually be really interesting because like the monkeys are like the bad guys in the original one. Yeah. Um, well, they're the bad guys it... by virtue of the film is told from the human point of view. Well, that, as that's that's being bad. Yeah. yeah. So that would be that would kind of be a more kind of fascinating and probably probably riskier than I suppose like a big blockbuster Hollywood film would be willing to get. But like yeah, if they if if they wanted to do okay, let's get you know Matt Reeves, he's finished fucking around you know in Liverpool with Batman. Let's get him back in here to make another uh, ape movie. 
Um, that could certainly be a big bombastic way to say, okay, we're just calling it Planet of the Apes, and it's the first movie revisited, but we're telling it from the two perspectives now. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some nice moral ambiguity. I just, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 great. Yeah, I, I do wonder if they'll do any more of that. Um, how rare is it to get three great films like that? I think it's. I'm not trying to say it's be- it's better, but it's more consistent than even the original Star Wars movies. I would say. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Struggle to think of a better third film. Uh, in a Toy, in Toy a, Story, I would say. Toy, Toy Story is the one. Certainly not Star Wars or Spider Man or Blade or um, Dark Knight or Dark Knight, yeah. American Pie, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely not Godfather. Uh, better than Godfather three. Um, <laughs> Back to the Future. Better than Back to the Future three. No, you might be right on that one. Yeah. Uh, email us chairshoppodcast.com if you've got a, a take on that. Definitely better than the third Triple X film. <laughs> You're joking me, Barry. Which I'll talk about now. We, so is this this is the return of Vin Diesel in this one? Is it the return of Xander Cage? Yeah. So okay. yes, folks. I actually watched. The X movie I watched was Triple X: The Return of Xander Cage. Now I'll be I'll be totally transparent on this, right? I don't own a film starring with X, I think at all, seen or unseen. And I was looking at films to start with X, and I was like, I can't be like some of them are like a lot of them are foreign films and this and that. I was like, oh, I can't be bothered. Now I have seen the first. I think I saw the first Triple X in the cinema. Um. Didn't like it at all. You'd be surprised here. Yeah. Uh, did not bother to watch the second one, which has, I think, a multitude of names depending on where it was released. I think it was yeah. in the US called Triple X State of the Union. And I think it was, at least in Ireland, it's called Triple X The Next Level. Right. An altogether more generic name. But then we, you know, I didn't really feel like watching the the sequel with Ice Cube in it instead of Vin Diesel. No, yeah, if that would have missed. But I will watch Return of Xander Cage, which I watched um, watched there last night. Um, it is absolutely the lamest film, maybe <laughs> ever. I'm surprised Chris Jericho hasn't got a cameo in it. It's that kind of level of coolness. <laughs> um. So Xander Cage is back. They they never bother explaining because if you've seen the second movie, you've seen State of the Union. It's like off screen, Xander Cage has been like killed, so they have to get a new one in. Why? There's 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 never in in this third one. There's never a like he returns from the dead. It, they just cut to him and he's living in like the Dominican Republic. <laughs> it's like oh, don't, don't worry about that second movie. He's actually fine. Um. So he's back. Um, every woman in the world is like enamored by him, and he's just like irresistible. Even though he's like fifty at least, and like he's like a potato-shaped man. <laughs> oh, and he has, in true Dave Batista fashion, he has like a nipple tattoo <laughs> in the film. One of the one of the least cool things um, a man could have. Um, I think he wears Uggs or something very similar to Uggs in the first scene as well. Again, those are just his. He just brought them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, the the entire dialogue of the film is like one-liners. Um, even mm. conversations. Conversations between two, two characters are just a one-liner after another, and they respond to a one-liner with a one-liner. It's very, very weird. They all speak like, you know, AI 
programmed cyborgs, programmed by yeah. a thirteen-year-old to sound cool and badass. Um, Neymar is in it, the footballer. Oh, Fortnite star Neymar. Yeah, he shows up at the beginning and doesn't speak English in it. Uh, he does speak a line of English at the end where he says, oh, see you later, Triple X, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, but it's just like, it, it. it's exactly what you would imagine it is. It's um, Affliction t-shirts. No, it's no. it's uh, Vin Diesel on a skateboard going, cowabunga, dude. Like, it's the cutting edge of just the fucking coolest fucker in the world. Um, there is one good bit in it, which I'll give it credit for, right? Uh, because I, I had this bef- before I had even finished watching the movie. I had my letterbox score up a 1 out of 10, <laughs> uh, which I did. I, I had to go and bump it up to a 2, aka a 1 star, because there's I, I mentioned here the best and only good bit of the film is when the the, the goodies are all like trapped, right? The, the the baddies are coming with like their guns and their tanks, and the goodies are like, oh, we've got no ammo left in our guns. We've only got these two little dinky like throwing knives, basically, right? And then as the baddies are approaching, there's these like big explosions. <laughs> Oh my god, the baddies have been destroyed by an unseen force, right? Camera zooms in. Ice Cube is showing up. To... <laughs> Wait, it gets better. Ice Cube shows up to a shoot his own song. <laughs> to an Ice Cube song. The lyrics of which are, thank God the gangsta's back. <laughs> thank God indeed. Thank God indeed. And I, I honest to God had to rewind and watch it again. It was so good. But like that, maybe fifteen seconds are the only worthwhile bit of the entire film. Um, so my recommendation would be just watch that one ice cube scene on um, YouTube, and don't watch any of the rest of the film. Uh, so that was Triple X: Return of Xander Cage. Hopefully, Xander Cage will not return a fourth time. Uh, then I we get to I the... don't know. Vin Diesel like seems to be weirdly passionate about shit films. Uh, it's it's like it was like Fast and the Furious without any charm. any likable characters, any charm, or like at least the good cars like chase scenes. It had none right. of that in it. It had the kind of horrible like karate, you know, derived martial arts action where a guy in a vest slides on a table and jumps up and does like <laughs> kicks two lads at the same time that kind of action um and then there was a guy in it with a uh, a bleached blonde like miz style faux hawk <laughs> oh, no. yeah this is the kind of movie this it was awful uh, avoid that one uh why was young frankenstein gene wilder marty feldman directed by mel brooks um i really like blazing saddles a lot Mm-hmm. It's very politically incorrect, of course. Yeah, but I think it's really funny. I think Blazing Thales is really, really funny. It's like very quick in its comedy. It's it's like not necessarily slapstick, but it's like verbal slapstick, I guess. And it's constant, 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 constant. Uh, Young Frankenstein, I just found very slow, okay, um, and not really funny. 
Like I liked how it looked. I like Gene Wilder. I like Gene Wilder at anything, especially when he's like shouting or being Gene Wilder. But it was just so slow, and they do the jokes, but then they like explain the jokes as well. Right. Like they do a bit where they're digging like a grave, and they go, "Could this get any worse?" And then the other guy goes, "Well, it could be raining," and then it starts raining, and then the first guy goes like. Oh no, it's raining. Why did you say that? You're like, no, the joke should have ended yeah. three lines ago. You're you're doing the oldest joke in the history of cinema. You don't need to go double back on it. It's constant that where it's just too too many steps to to the jokes. Um there was there's one good scene where um Frankenstein's monster uh visits like a blind man and there's kind of some like three stooges style wackiness there and that scene works but generally the film i just found very very slowly paced um and ultimately not that funny which is a shame because i was really really looking forward to that one um but yeah not super hot on it and then the last film uh, was zero dark 30 uh the film dramatization of the events leading up and to and including the compromising to a permanent end of Osama bin Laden on the night of backlash. <laughs> what John, Cena play John Cena playing himself. That's what I want to know. I, uh, they, I, I want it to be like a scene in that film where who could it be? Um, uh, Channing Tatum plays John Cena standing on that announce table, giving that announcement. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> surely, I think it would be. Oh, Wahlberg. My cast. Yeah. Um, John Cena does not appear in the film. Sadly, they must have cut him out. But um, like War for the Planet, like we said, War for Planet of the Apes there, or no, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was like, what, which film were we talking about? We said it's, it's, it's from the point of view of the apes. And so the film is told a certain way, or War is from the point of view of the humans, whatever. Zero Dark Thirty is similarly kind of partisan in that. It's it's I don't know I did I I watched it and I didn't know what to make of it whether I liked it or whether I didn't like it so I kind of went in the middle on it it's um it's definitely told from a kind of pro definitely a pro American obviously given the content of the film but it's also very it's like pro torture in a weird way in yeah. that like the 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 importance of the torture scenes in like the characters making breakthroughs that ultimately lead to them getting to Midladen is is really weirdly um like emphasized especially early into the film whereas like I when I was watching the like one of the first scenes is like a torture scene and I was like wow they're really um showing this in a in an unflinching kind of realistic style and I thought like the comment was you know that it's it's bad, but this is, you know, sometimes you got to get your hands dirty. But it's really, like, the sometimes you got to get your hands dirty is really played up to, like, you really, really have to get your hands dirty to get anywhere. Right. But then you, you also have, like, the, the protagonist is played by um, Jessica Chastain, who's, like, good in everything, I suppose. But then her character is this, like, hardened, fairly unlikable CIA agent. Right. Who just goes through the processes. And so, like, at, at the same time, you're seeing um, suicide bombing attacks, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so, naturally, you as a, as a film watcher, taking it out of 
you know, taking out of account the fact that it's based on real life events, you're obviously not going to be siding with the suicide bombers and the you know the people running in with like machine guns and just shooting up people right. in a hotel or whatever. But then the antagonists are also, or the protagonists are also fairly antagonistic, and so yeah. the film watching experience is that is it was made kind of very cold and very distant. Um, as a result, and I, like I talk here and there about uh, connecting to a movie, like emotionally connecting. Uh, and usually, what I mean by that is like I really empathized with or sympathized with uh, one of the lead characters for whatever reason, or I, I could relate to the film on some level. And Zero Dark Thirty, I just didn't feel any of that <laughs> for the entire two and a half hour runtime. Um, so I don't know. I like I. I I could objectively say it's a, it's a quite a well-made film. Yeah. Um, I just found a lot of it very alien to me. And, and also the, the last, I guess you would call it set piece where they go in and, and kill, kill Bin Laden spoilers. Um, I thought it was quite well done. It was almost like shot documentary style. Um, which again, was kind of at odds with the rest of the movie where it never feels like a document. I've forgotten how to pronounce the word documentary um, and then suddenly it is for like the last bit it's, it's like first person through night vision goggles and so on but there was a bit at the very start of that set piece where um, it wasn't through it wasn't being shown through night vision and it was just very very dark yeah. and I, I wondered if the TV had gone off because <laughs> it was there was no sound and no picture for about 15 seconds and I'd look down for a second look back up and oh did something happen? Did I did I hit the remote or something? But it was just the it was just the film. Um. So yeah, I mean, eh, I I didn't particularly um dislike it or I didn't particularly like it. Um, just somewhere in the middle. Fair enough. So that's um, the f- the four films I watched this week. And you're all done with your your alphabet. Yeah, back to the beginning. Lovely. Um, I had a sort of a unintentional uh, Joel Edgerton movie marathon this weekend. Oh, he was uh, in War of the Planet of the Apes as well. One of his many... He's, 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 he's in Zero Dark Thirty. Is he really? <laughs> wow, okay, so it really has been. It's the fucking Edgerton cast this week. Um, it was funny because it, it was like it was completely unintentional. We watched two movies this week, yeah. and in the second one, we went, is it? Oh, uh, yeah, it's him from the last one. Um, so the first thing we watched was The Thing, uh, 2011, which is the, um, sort of your, your classic quintessential sort of technically it's a prequel set in the same story. Right. Yeah. yeah. Linearly does come first, but it's effectively a, a a soft reboot for a new, you know, a new audience 30 years later. Um, directed by uh, I can't remember the director's name and I don't think I could pronounce it very well either um, they kind of plucked some kind of like European director from obscurity uh, to make it no character involvement of any description as far as I'm aware I was looking through the old letterbox listing I didn't even see him get a producer credit I, I might be I might be mistaken on that um, so yeah it's set before the events of the first film so if you remember the beginning of the first film it opens with the dog running through the snow yeah. And like the the thing has torn through a camp previously before the events of the original film, so it's set during that. Um, and you've got kind of a uh, 
a, a motley crew of, again, very similar purpose, scientists and uh, excavators and technicians who are working out in the Atlantic. But the uh, the premise of this film is that they have gone to get the thing. They've discovered, they, are, they were mining, they discovered an alien ship. They fly okay. out uh, American protagonist girl, um, which is uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, uh, to, to help them unearth it and figure out what it is. Um, yeah, it's it's a good cast. Again, it's one of those. It's it's a film that definitely you can see there are elements of it where it's like they they were trying to make something good with it. it it's not it's not as cheap a cash grab as you might think. Um, they've got they they've got all you know like European um, actors um, uh, because it's like a the the crew is made up of like Russians and and people from like Nordic countries, so they just got actors from those regions um uh to um to play the character i'm gonna pull up the the cast list because it is actually quite um uh eclectic lots of really great character actors uh, in there obviously joel edgerton um as i said uh ulrich thompson who is like the main heel in banshee a show i gushed about uh last year when i was watching it. we're actually going to start rewatching it very soon i'm very excited about that um uh and uh, where what is the chap's name? Oh, I can't remember which way. Um, uh, Christoph Heavew, probably butchering that. He's the ginger fella from Game of Thrones, the the big uh, oh, yeah. uh, Viking looking chap. Yeah, no. so, you know, uh, uh, good cast, and it, the pre- it plays out almost essentially the exact same way. They uncover the alien, they're doing a little test on it, it bursts out, it escapes, and they then have the game of I don't know who who to trust, and they kind of hit on some of the very similar high spots as the first film, but slightly different. Um, they have an equivalent of the blood test scene, but but done slightly differently uh, and things like that. So the big, the big issue with the film, though, there are two big issues. First one is the ending, and the second one is the effects. And it's quite a... The, the effect situation is kind of tragic. They did work with a practical effects company. Every single scene where there is a thing being gross turning into a monster, eating someone alive. They had practical effects for that. And it seems like at the 12th hour, the studio came in and just decided they wanted to do CGI. And so the film was hastily pushed back like six months from its initial release so they could do last second CGI. And as a result, the CGI in the movie is not good. It's, it's, I wouldn't call it some of the worst I've ever seen or anything, especially 10 years later. Every fucking film has CGI now. A lot of it is terrible. So I don't think it stands out as especially bad but it's not that good um and the the effects studio who did work on the practical effects they've uploaded loads of b-roll onto their youtube channel saying hey look look at this cool shit we made like we did make cool stuff for this movie and they didn't they didn't use it um so it's kind of a shame it's kind of uh, i think not to go all snyder cut about it but i feel like there's probably a there's probably a better version of this um uh, film out there and also the ending which i'll just I don't think anyone would care if I if I talk about this not oh, very well not not very well reviewed film from ten years ago. Um, the climax of the film plays out in the alien ship itself, and they had an elaborate kind of ending where the aliens who were driving the ship are not the things. There is a an additional separate alien species, and the pilot is still on the ship, and the thing comes along, and there's a more kind of elaborate ending and they again if they kind of the last minute they they that they were instructed to cut all that out and basically just have it be it's the thing's ship and they have to fight and so they have um 
there is a a scene where they are walking around what would have been a big what they refer to as the pilot in again i'm just looking this up after the fact they don't use that word in in, in the final version of the film uh there's a scene where mary elizabeth winstead sees the the pilot which is actually a, i think it's you know it's a it's a a neutral like non-attacking alien um but they cover that in the final version with some horrible cgi um uh, like laser beam so it just looks like it's a part of the ship uh because they just wanted to do away with that story and so it's it's a real studio interference hodgepodge the first two-thirds of the film are, are solid enough they're actually pretty good uh, like I said, the, the 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 thing CGI is not very good, but it's not horrible either. And even if the effects aren't good, there's still a kind of like artistic design I can kind of appreciate of it, if that makes sense. Like, okay, it doesn't look as cutting edge tech wise, but the I think the concept of what they've made is cool. Um, so it's I I would love to see a different version of this film. It's been ten years. I don't imagine there's one coming out. But um, it's not as terrible as you might think. I think most people might watch it and say, you know what, that that could have been a very cool addition to the um, to the lore. But it doesn't. Um, so yeah, I give it you know, three stars. It was a watchable horror movie. Um, uh, the other the other big problem it had is, like I said, it plays out in a base where they all don't know who's who and who to trust. And other than the ending, it is like the same movie. Um, which, <laughs> and that movie has already been perfected. Perfected, yeah. It's the ultimate example of why did you even bother? You're you're chasing something that you will never ever catch. Even if you had all the great practical effects in the original ending, it's like you you have you have made this movie that is not hard to watch or inaccessible. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the thing. Twenty eleven. Uh, the other one, the other film I watched, the other Edgerton uh, uh, gem was uh, It Comes at Night. Um, which yeah. I uh, had heard great things about. I had it on, I had it on Blu-ray, and I somehow had not watched it, despite that I owned it. Um, <laughs> I was in the same camp for a very long time. Yeah, it's uh, it's really really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, very tense, very slow, takes its time. I can absolutely see it being one of those films that I think, based on if people like look at the cover or they watch a trailer and they go, oh yeah, this looks this looks this looks nasty, this looks scary. I can absolutely see people watching it, hating it, thinking yeah. it's really slow. It's a lot of creeping dread. And when, when it does peak and when it does climax with its, its kind of more shocking moments, it's I think it's great, but I can see people maybe not not hitting with it. Um, it's effectively, um, it's kind of post-apocalyptic. They don't lean into that too much, which I liked. I, you know, I didn't want it to be, you know, 28 days later. There's basically Egerton is the father of a family who live in the woods some kind of sickness has gripped the world. Um, they frame it as a generic sickness. It's not a zombie thing. You just get it and you die. Um, someone breaks into their home. And he says he's doing so to get resources for his own family. That family comes to live in the Edgerton house. And then there's a kind of paranoia dynamic at play. Who do you trust? They start to get along, but things things kind of fray and it goes from there. And it's great. I think it looks for for a post-apocalyptic very dark movie where there's a lot of a lot of it is at night for a post-apocalyptic movie in the woods at night with a very washed out color palette i think it looks fantastic i think it's a really slick cool looking movie with tremendous sound design um and i think if you have the patience for it i think the, the payoff is really chilling and will really stick with you um um, and I think the slow pace is made a bit more bearable by the fact that it's, it's it's a little over 90 minutes. I think it's maybe 100 minutes. It's not long. 
so while it is while it is taking its time, it's not it's not a piss take. It's not right. um, it doesn't drag its feet too long. There was a little something missing from it for me. I, I do want to watch it again. I think I'll definitely like rewatch it at like Halloween or something like that. It didn't it didn't grab me to that like stone cold, oh my god, cult classic status, but it's no. it's really good. It's really good. Um and it's 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 quite uh, quite chilling. Uh yeah. So those are the uh, those are the Joel Edgerton movies we've watched this week. Yeah, uh, I just need to uh, clarify quickly that Joel Edgerton was not in War for the Planet of the Apes. I, oh, I was, yeah, okay. yeah. was up with Zero Dark Theory. He was a monkey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, was he in any movies you watched this week? Um, only only three or four of them. Oh, okay. um, but one non Joel Edgerton movie um, was called Run, which is a new kind of thriller. That's out. Um, it's about a kind of mother and daughter played by um, Sarah Paulson and newcomer Kira Allen, who is wheelchair bound uh, in, in real life and in the movie. Um, and so this, the daughter is, was a very kind of unwell baby and had very, um, you know, multiple conditions, heart conditions in a wheelchair, asthma, skin conditions, all this kind of thing. And so she's now kind of old enough to be on the verge of going going away and wanting to go to college. Um, but her mother is very protective of her. And as things continue, uh, we find out that things may not be quite as they seem. Mm. Uh, here's the clip. Oh, no, we haven't got a clip. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was <it's>... very weaker <laughs> mode. Oh, no. Yeah, so I, I won't give away too much because it's a thriller. You don't know all the twists and turns. But I would say I thought the performance by Kira Allen as, as a daughter was fantastic. You know, for her first film, she had comes across with um, a lot of charm and um, really, really, really plays the role really well. Obviously, Sarah um, Sarah Paulson, known for her kind of slightly crazy roles. She, she plays Nurse yeah. Ratchet in that prequel thing that was on Netflix. Um, she's very good, but I think you know Kira Allen really steals steals the show. Um, it's it's a little bit I wouldn't say predictable, but once you kind of get into it, you kind of know where it's going. But it does it fairly well. Um, it's it's executed, you know, quite nicely. I think gets um, it's, it's quite a tight movie. They keep it very kind of claustrophobic. Um, small small amount of characters, small locations, that kind of thing. Which um, sort of really helps. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend it on on Netflix. Um, just a kind of fun thriller uh, that okay. you've done, you know in a hundred hundred minutes. So very nice. Yeah, definitely, definitely give a thumbs up to that one. That's run. Nice. That's uh, all I've watched this week. Yeah, like the old Paulson. Um, all right, that'll be our, our movie golf for the week. And uh, any video game golf? I've just been playing Returnal and Fortnite. I can't, I'm still staying. I spent more money on Fortnite this week. Oh my oh, god! Oh, you fucking mark! I I I got a Batman skin. And when when you're diving onto the map and you pop your your cape, all bats swarm around. It looks all cool. It was worth the. I don't even want to say how much it cost. Um, <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's Fortnite so fun and Returnal as well. Uh, I seem to be the only, like Returnal seems to be having a really shitty launch on Fortnite. Lots of people losing their saves, and um, I've 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 been lucky. It crashed on me once, but I, I didn't lose anything significant. But um, I'm still enjoying it. But no, nothing new on that front for me. All right, here. Um, well, I'm still on Pokemon Snap. Yeah, uh, played a lot today. 
haven't been playing him much apart from that. Um, Nathy's a Pokemon Snap expert already. Probably how many hours? Do you reckon twenty hours? You probably put in. Give or take. It's crazy. Um, it's yeah, it's great. Lots to do in it. Lots, particularly like um, the kind of leveling up system and the various challenges it gives you. It, it re- it's really a game that encourages lots and lots of replays. Um, and the level playthroughs are very short, so why not? Like, probably from start to finish, a level will take you, I don't know, three minutes, four, five minutes at most. And so, you know, it'll give you a little challenge, like, oh, look at this area, it'll give you like a photo of an area. I've heard a Pokemon likes to come here and do have a dance. What's that about? And then you go, Ooh, what? And you have to figure out, like, you're throwing stuff there, trying to figure out what the trigger is to make it appear and get the photo. It's got lots of that. So it's it's fun in that it gives you lots of stuff to see, but also yeah. it lets you figure out lots of it. Yeah, it's really fun. I'm also um, really into GeoGuessr these days for some reason. Um, have either of you ever played GeoGuessr? <laughs> I haven't played it. I, I know of it, though. I'm, su- I'm surprised you're into it. I'm fucking real good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it has like a battle royale mode what? Um, yeah what? where it's you're playing against t- 10 other players and there's two versions there's like uh country or there's just like pure distance so you're playing with 10 people there's like a count that a countdown going across the screen and you have to figure out what country you're you're in very quickly so you're trying to find like a shop front with like a URL on it or something, yeah. <laughs> or like license plates or whatever. Um, and I've won a few, I've won a few of them. And yeah, the weird, I remember it used to be free, it's now like paid because mm. I guess using the Google Maps, yeah, uh, yeah. And but it's, it's gotten so popular, I imagine server bandwidth, yeah, it's, but it's like it's like two euro a month or something. And I play. Hours and hours and hours. So, <laughs> if anyone fancies a go a game of GeoGuessr, I'll fuck it. You'll be Neil Wood, Mark Two, losing fourteen nil at Rocket League, getting battered in GeoGuessr. <laughs> yeah, it's just a very relaxing. You know, oh, where am I? Let's figure it out. Da, 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 da. And I'll, 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 I'll play on one level, maybe twenty minutes, trying to figure out where I am and get like exactly, exactly right. Um. I funnily enough, there, there's one that's like famous places, right? So that one's a, that one's a, I, one that I would recommend to like newcomers who are interested. GeoGuessr is like a, a browser game, by the way, geoguessr.com or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't want to pay, you get like a free game a day anyway. You can have a free account, but only lets you play okay. once once a day. But there's like famous places, which is a good uh, novice game to play, like, plonking in front of the Eiffel Tower. Be like, where are you? <laughs> um, but uh, it put me in front of a church, right? And I was like, right, let me figure out where I am. And there was um, there was a little notice board not far from the church, and it had Rance written on it, R-E-I-M-S, which uh, for long, long-term long listeners of the show will know that when we, when we started the show and I was living in France, that's the name of the town where I live. I said, I don't recognize this church. Surely this is like not actually in Rance, but it's just a, a thing. Mm. Um, but it actually was. It was a place in the town where I lived for two years that I'd never been to. It was this, this um, church in the south of the, of the town. Okay. Because Rance has this big cathedral, which is like what it's famous for in France. 
Um, and I was thinking, well, it, it, surely if there's a big cathedral, like it, it wasn't a small church. It was a very substantial church, whatever. I said, surely it can't actually be Rance. But it was. It was just an area in Rance I was never been to. So this game is showing me bits of the world where I literally <laughs> lived 10 minutes walk up the road <laughs> that I'd never been to. So it was quite fun. Um, I was playing that. I don't know if it was GeoGuess or another similar game. There are other. There are, there are cheap, cheaper versions, free yeah, versions. Yeah, free versions. It, it landed on a street, and I saw the first sign that I saw was uh, Jerry Lawler's Hall of Fame Bar and Grill. I was what? like, Memphis, Memphis Tennessee. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Very good. Um, I'll, give, I'll, give you, I'll give players a little tip, right? If you, if you want. Yeah. This is the level. This is the level of GeoGuessr player I am in in one week already, right? If the cars have a yellow license plate on the front of the car, you're either in Netherlands or Colombia. So have a look. Have a look around. Is this Europe or is this South America? If it's Europe, it'll be be Netherlands, guaranteed. Or at least the car is from Netherlands. You might be in like Luxembourg or Belgium. How lucky would that be if if you got the one Colombian car in Holland? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and also you can play, you know, the odds on that. Netherlands is going to come up more often than Colombia. But yeah, it's really, really fun. I got Iceland once. I think that's the most remote I got. I had no idea where I was. And I do love coming up on a dirt track in the middle of nowhere. Those are the hardest ones. Those are fun. Radio. Um, oh, yeah. I uh, won that Rocket League tournament, by the way. Oh, well oh, done. Yes, winners only on this podcast. Scored, scored two got... goals in the final. Whatever. Oh, whatever. He's clutch. He's clutch. You know what I mean? He comes through <laughs> when when it's needed most. Uh, with nothing but winners on this podcast. Yeah. The he's, he's the Listen Cavani of the Rocket League world. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Paul's, Paul's winning in, in GeoGuessr. <laughs> I, I, I did get. I did get another big fat dub on Friday in, in Fortnite. You know, whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. Batman came from. What are they going to do? You know, they were scared. Um, <laughs> uh, what about emails, boys? I don't have one, but you. Do you want to go, Joe? Yes. Let me just open. I have one, but it's it's about the wrestling, so I'll save it for when we're actually okay. talking about it. Just do this one now. So I have an email from Michelle Escobar. What? She says, she oh. says subject, sequels better than the originals. Hi, okay. Joe. Oh. Listening to, you guys, <laughs> listening to you guys go through your favorite movies bracket, I've noticed that you're all choosing the sequels over originals. The example that made me notice it was how Toy Story 3 moved ahead of Toy Story 1. Um, I know Terminator 1 moved ahead of Terminator 2, but that felt like an anomaly. Thoughts for your thoughts? That is a very interesting observation, um, Michelle. I hadn't hadn't picked up on that. But, um, yeah, I wonder how many sequels we do have left in the the quarterfinals. Uh, I I have the file open, so I'll tell you now. We have one... We have have one sequel left. And we have one, two, three... Four films, which are the original films in a series. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, but now, to be fair, yeah, to like be fair, it. The Lost World was not an option in, uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. in the original bracket. Um, yeah, I mean, that's true. I, I don't know that we necessarily had a, a bias towards... I mean, I, I guess it did happen where Star Wars got eliminated and we said, well, because the 
better version is there. Let's go mm. with Empire Strikes Back. But um, I don't know. I, I've speaking for myself. I don't think I've so much focused on whether it's um, the first movie, second movie, third movie, or whatever in a series. No. Just taking on its own merit versus what it came up against. Yeah. Um, that being said, a lot of the films sequels, let's say, that were in the original sixty four were there because they're really good films on their own right. Um yeah. your Empire it's Strikes Back. Notable, your, notable exceptions. Notable <laughs> sequels, exactly. Terminator two, you know, uh, And they had to be, it's almost like they have to be so good to live up to the original movie. Yeah. So like a Toy Story three is in the shadow of Toy Story. So if it wasn't fantastic, it's not gonna um you know be in that kind of bracket. So yeah. Um we didn't have Back to the Future 2. I don't think that was in the original 64, was it? No, no. But I'm the only one person that likes that. <laughs> I, I like Back to the Future 2. I, I, like, I like Back to the Future 2. I, I, like... I, I don't like 3 at all, though. Mm. I don't know. I, yeah. think that, I, think, I, I think most people do like Back to the Future 3. I think on balance, yeah. But I never got on with it. It's definitely not. Um, no, but anyway, we only have one sequel left, which we won't spoil don't remember but we have one sequel four originals let's say and then we have three films which are standalone which they did that not spawn a sequel um but that's even interesting that of the final eight five of them are so, a part of a series in mm. one way or another um goes to prove that Feige and the boys are right. Standalone ideas <laughs> aren't, aren't worth the shit. Um, also, I will say for our brackets as we're on the topic, uh, I've done another draw, so the eight films are still randomly assigned. I think we're going to finish the bracket today because we've only got seven more matchups, so we might as well just do it. Um, and I will be doing a random draw for the quarters and the semis. Um, at the email... Yep. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, right. With that, does that, that make it bracket time? Bracket time. Bop it, pull it, twist it, bracket. We, we'll, we'll finish it up today, and then we'll put it back in the packet <laughs> um, for another few months. Then we'll come up with another idea to do. Okay, so we've got four quarterfinal matchups. The eight best of the 64 films we had selected. Uh, we start off with a doozy. We have the only sequel left in the the final eight: Star Wars Episode Five, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, inarguably, the best Star Wars film. Although I, I, you know, but I think Barry was a little bit upset when we eliminated Episode Four. Um, I really like Episode. But Empire 4. is better. Empire is better. Empire is, I think, inarguably the better of the two. But I think Star Wars is is very good. Uh, but is Empire Strikes Back? better or do we like it better than parasite do we like it better than parasite Hmm. what do we think i think i think i have a bit of a recency bias with parasite just because it was so good yeah i mean have have any of i've gone out of speak take a shot have either of you guys um rewatched parasite more than once no, uh, but this this yeah. feature has made me want to. <laughs> I want to revisit it. I've watched it a few times. 
Um, I think I've watched it three times. Definitely, definitely still really love it. But then if I think, you know, if in five years' time, if I was comparing Emperor Strikes Back and Parasite, it'd probably be very close or a lot closer. Well, that's the thing is Parasite, right? Say you give it three more years. Is it going to, is the recency bias going to dissipate? Or if anything, will the kind of nostalgia for how good it was build up in your mind? Do you reckon? Possibly. Now, I think specifically with with Empire Strikes Back, just because that's a movie that I have obviously seen a few times, but not for a while. You know, it's not something that I would go and revisit that often because it's just a movie that we all know so well. Um, So that's what I think is going to give Parasite a bit of an advantage. That's why I'm leaning towards Parasite. But mm, not 100% sure on that. The thing about revisiting Empire as well is you almost have to revisit it as part of the series, don't you? You almost have to do a Star Wars yeah. watch through as opposed to just randomly sticking on Empire Strikes Back. Maybe mm-hmm. if it's on TV or something. I did I did during the previous reopening um, when the cinemas had nothing to show and we just wanted to leave the house. We did go see Empire in the cinema because I'd actually never seen it in the cinema before. Right. Um... And it was fucking excellent. I mean, it was, it was, um, but I, I mean, it's like, I can say that like, oh, it, it was fine to watch standalone, but that, I've also seen them all a hundred times previous anyway. So yeah. like they do, like they, they don't, like they don't explain who any of the characters are. It is one of those sequels. They just, it's just media res. It's just going. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, well, that's one of the things early in the film is Obi-Wan um, shows up. You know, Alec Guinness, he's not, he's not exactly going to do a lot of work. No. He showed up in the, go to Dagobah, Luke. Yoda, <laughs> hmm, bye. <laughs> um, that's all the setup you need. But um, as I've said many, many times, like Star Wars at its best is when it embraces its fantasy roots. And uh, Empire Strikes Back is is the best of fantasy albeit with a bit of sci-fi yeah <laughs> it, it, it's fantasy in sci-fi clothing so to speak i love that whole yoda scene i love all that i love cloud city with with lando just the coolest man in the world um i love the han solo arc in this one as well even though han solo i think han solo's best movie is probably the first one i love i like the han solo leia relationship um and then that kind of falls to shit in the third one, where Han Solo's got nothing to do with the entire film. Yeah. He's just a general man in it. Um, yeah, it's, this has got the, the best lines. You know, scruffy-looking nerve, nerve herder. Who's a scoundrel? Um, well, what else is in Empire? Fucking... Uh, I love you, I know. I love you, I know. It's got Luke... It's got... It's got no, I am your father in it at the end. He chops off Luke's hand. Uh, it has, in the original version, weird bug-eye lady as the Empire Emperor. Yes, that's um, true. I, yes. I I think I only saw the original version of it with the bug-eyed Emperor like three years ago or something. Because the version I watched as a kid was the 97. Yeah, Remastered they... That was edited out. Yeah, they changed that as soon as they could. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of those ones where I was just like, you know what? That's it looks like shit. It's fine. It looks like shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Empire is the one that you can watch nowadays and not feel like, oh, this is a film that's been completely ruined through tinkering. Yeah, it is. Yeah, easily, 
easily, especially since they actually have on some of the more annoying ones, like the no when he falls. They've actually in subsequent version gone back and taken that out, so they actually they've undone. Yeah. Whereas the other one, they've doubled down on a New Hope in a really bizarre way. Like every, every New Hope is is the closest to unwatchable of all of them. Like is there's so much shit in it, but um, but anyway, um, this I I I. I, I will go Star Wars on this one as, as, as much as I love Parasite. Oh, dear. Um, mm. yeah. I'm now getting nostalgic pangs for when they were re-released in 97 and the just the excitement of the idea of like, oh, my God, they're re-releasing the Star Wars movies. Oh, we're going to go see them on the big... Imagine when we weren't completely saturated and sick of media and Star Wars. That that was a Star Wars, like, yeah, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. like, that was huge, but... Uh, I'm gonna go parasite just to make Paul's life difficult. <laughs> he can, he can choose. Oh man, oh man. See, one thing I love about Parasite is obviously on first watch, just the pure mind fuckery of what is going on, what is happening in this film, the like starkest of total shifts about an hour in when the. The, the nanny comes back and knocks on the door and the film goes to hell in a handbasket. Um, God, it's so good. The performance is so good in it. Korean films, anyway, are fucking great. And Bong Joon-ho is fucking great. And I need to watch more of his films. Yes. Because Parasite is apparently not even the best one. <laughs> For the record. I need to watch uh, Mother and I need to watch... Um, I still haven't watched Okja, which um, fucking Paul mm-hmm. Dano was in, by the way. Um, and uh, God, I don't remember the names of the other ones. I have I have them all in one media or another ready to watch. And I will one day. I will sit down and watch them. But um, fuck, it's real hard. But I might, for the reasons Joe said, ironically, have to go for Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think Ever Strikes Back is the best of that genre of film. And I think it's just, unlike Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, <laughs> I think Ever Strikes Back is just real fucking cool. And it's got the most likable characters in it. And it's just, ticks all the boxes. Parasite is, is a more of a challenging watch. And I kind of appreciate it because of that. Mm. But um, Empire Strikes Back scratches an itch that, that Parasite never could, unfortunately. So yeah, I'm gonna go for Empire as well. Farewell, Parasite. You a deserved finalist. Yeah. Um. I tell you what, I was thinking about the final eight this week, and I thought Parasite was probably the favorite to win. Um. So now that it's knocked out, I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen here, folks. Um. Next up, Back to the Future, mm. and Pulp Fiction. Ooh. Is this the the Joe Derby? Mm, I guess it kind of is. Two of my all-time favourites, although I would say uh, Pulp Fiction over the years has probably dropped down a few ranks. That that used to be my top, definitely my top two or three was Back to the Future, Goodfellas, Pulp Fiction. I have Pulp Fiction. It's, I still love it, but I don't know if it's quite. Yeah, I mean, it is. A bit, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? It's every. It's, it's every sixteen-year-old's favorite film. Yeah, and that was when I was when I was yeah seventeen, eighteen. Had the Pulp Fiction poster. Uh, you know, that was that was definitely my favorite. Same with like Fight Club as well. 
um, it's just, which I think is still a good film. I love both of those films. <laughs> really, both, I think, really good films, but it's the sort of one when you're, you know, you haven't seen that many good films, and you're like, wow, <laughs> this is a great film. That's but yeah, great. They're great. They're still great, but um, I'm going to go for Back to the Future because it's my, it's my favorite film. I always very clear. Back <laughs> to the Future is my favorite film. <laughs> Barry, go on, sorry. Um, it was funny. I was a latecomer to Back to the Future because I watched it for the first time in like 2017 yeah. or something. Right. Before you say anything more, Barry, I vote Pulp Fiction. Go on, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, fair enough. Um uh, I, I, it's been the bit so far that I am the low man on Pulp Fiction. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, and and thus I I will proudly send it packing oh, out dear. of this uh, out of this tournament. Like, Pulp Fiction is great, but I I actually I do prefer uh, Back to the Future. Um, okay, especially since even though it's late to it, I've even, I have rewatched it like I think twice since I first watched it. It is great. Um, and it's very much it very much feels like an, an era we are unfortunately out of as far as blockbuster yeah. films go, and uh, and I, I I wish I was more tuned in or you know well, alive in that era. Um, yeah, Back to the Future for me. Yeah, I also was not alive when Back to the Future was released. Joe, you're the only one, I think. <laughs> Just about. Just about. Well, not even one, I think probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Back to the Future qualifies. Uh. Next up, we have the Skeleton Derby, Coco, and Jurassic Park. Well, fossils are kind of skeletons, aren't they? Oh, 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 oh. This is, oh. This is unpleasant. <laughs> this is a toughy, toughy, toughy. Um, two, I think these are probably the two most different films from each other in the quarterfinals. Yeah. How do you even compare them? Because um, I really love both of them. I really love Coco, and I really love Dr- like Coco. I really love on, on a, I guess it. Not, again, I I'm, I'm always afraid to sound real pretentious when I say these things. But like Coco, I, I really enjoyed on a on a more personal, level. a more personal level, a deeper personal level. Mm-hmm. But then Jurassic Park's got fucking dinosaurs running around, <laughs> and I think that was just the best. Yeah. Sexy, sexy Jeff Goldblum. Sexy Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, I I am going to get in here and cast the first stone. Um, first cocoa shaped stone. The first cocoa shaped stone. Yeah, listen, as as the I I you know I milk the Pulp Fiction thing a little bit, but I do think it's excellent. I I think Jurassic Park is really. Good, but I am actually somewhat floored it's made it this far. Um, and I, I, even as someone who just watched Coco for the first time, uh, like three weeks ago, uh, it, it's, it, I loved it, and I would have to go Coco. Um, yeah. I've never, I, I've not been, I've not been a champion of the Jurassic Park. Well, Barry, I think you, I think you think uh, fluently, you speak cogently, but I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think uh, I think I think you are off the mark on Jurassic Park. I think your 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 red hot scorching take is is just one that I I just can't agree with. Um, I think Jurassic Park is is in a sense the blockbuster 
of blockbusters. Mm. Um, yeah, even surpassing Jaws in a way. I think so. Yeah, and I think Jaws is excellent, but yeah. like Jurassic Park, in a sense, was the first one to do it on that like really, really big scale. Like to what blockbusters then became. You know, Jaws. Mm. Is, is known as the first blockbuster, but it actually doesn't have a lot of like set pieces on a big scale. Or yeah. it's, it's just like a nice, tight little, you know, action thriller. Whereas Jurassic Park was like, fuck it, the T-Rex runs around and is fucking big, and oh, look at it, oh, man. It's great. <laughs> and Sam Jackson's there smoking a cigarette, Dennis Nedry's on the toilet. Uh, what more do you need? <laughs> Sam Neill. Um, Sam Neill's really good in it, I think. Um, mm. Not someone that I would classify with like being a, the star of an action dinosaur blockbuster, but I think he does a good job. Goldblum's really likable in it. He's almost kind of the... He's not quite as cool, but he's kind of like the, the Han Solo, I guess, of the dino <laughs> world. Um, Laura Dern, another fantastic actress in it. God, it's got a fucking great cast, Jurassic Park has. It does, it does, yeah. And though Coco give me the watery eyes, which it did, um, and I think it's really well written, I think it looks beautiful. Um, I don't know. I think, I think ultimately for me, despite... I think I've given both of these films 10 out of 10s, so I'm really splitting hairs here. When I, What I'm going to say sounds like, this film should get an 8 out of 10, but I think they're both 10 out of 10s. But I think, in direct comparison, I think Coco just lacks a, a je ne sais quoi that Jurassic Park gives me. Um, so I'm going to go for Jurassic Park. Mm. Even though I love, I love Coco. I really don't want to knock out coco because <laughs> it's just so such it's like it's film. like maybe the best pixar film up there with toy story 3 for me yeah they're, they're like my one and two i think but yeah i think what what you said there paul actually kind of made me rethink what in terms of that je ne sais quoi and in terms of the the story in the moments like it is it's beautiful film it's very emotional but in terms of the plot and everything it's a bit I don't know. It doesn't have that kind of. Yeah, if you're really, really to nitpick it, you know. Yeah, and we are. Like, yes, very mild spoilers for Coco. You know, where it turns out that the guitar hero was like the bad guy. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Is that stuff ten out of ten stuff? Or maybe not necessarily. But I think the film itself is is really fantastic. But that's something I think that's present in a lot of Pixar films. Like if you really yeah. deep dive on the story, yeah. a lot of them yeah. have little little nitpicks that you can make. Oh, I'm gonna go Jurassic Park. No, with a heavy, with a heavy heart. With a heavy heart. I just uh, yeah. <gasps> Jurassic Park over all this other stuff we've talked about. How far is this? Oh, outrageous! <laughs> outrageous that is. It's less about Coco and more about like everything else that 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 has been disqualified so far. Anyway. Anyway, I mean, look. Don't worry. I will write to the makers of. Parasite, Pulp Fiction, Coco, and say, lads, don't worry, you made the final eight. It's no shame. Yeah. Um, right. He's had a good run. Okay, and then we come to the final one, which is maybe, for me at least, going to be the toughest one. Uh, I call it the objective two best films left in the quarterfinals. <laughs> um, so discounting subjectivity, these are 
in my mind, the objective two best films left. It's uh, The Shining and The Godfather. Oh, um, do I pick one of these above the other one? Um, like to be honest, we we were just saying, like wh- whatever you feel about The Shining, whatever you feel about The Godfather, is fair enough. We were just saying, Coco and Jurassic Park look like these are both ten out of tens. But for me, The Shining and The Godfather are really ten out of tens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like indisputable. Yeah. <laughs> Coco and Jurassic Park looking like a pair of eights over there to the side of the shining. <laughs> um, which do I prefer, the shining or the Godfather? Fuck. God damn it, that's really tough. I think I have mine picked, but I'll let you go first. Well, I'll have mine as well. Oh my god! No, 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 no! You, you guys are not letting me be the decider on this one. Well, we might be, we might be in agreement. Oh we well, maybe. Be. Okay, go for maybe, it. Maybe. Yeah. Do you, no, I, 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 I'll let him go first. You know, I went first last time. Um, no, you guys both say it on at the same time. Say it on three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we'll say one, two, and on three we say it. Okay. So Paul, okay. count us in. One. To Godfather Pot. The Shining. <laughs> Barry. <laughs> we fucked that up. But anyway. Okay, Paul. Yeah. You are the insider, Paul. Didn't, ma- didn't matter anyway. <laughs> okay. The Shining or The Godfather. So we have one vote each. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. The Godfather or The Shining. This is one that I'm even struggling to really like think aloud about. I think The Shining is, without question, one of the best movies ever made. I think Kubrick, it's his masterpiece. Yeah. Um, admittedly, he was a bit of allegedly a bit of a prick on the old uh, set, um, yeah. but you know, Machiavellian means get get a good movie at the end of it. Um, I love everything about it. I love the Simpsons parody. I think it's the best of the Simpsons parodies as well. The Shining. Um, I love the the tone of the movie from them driving up at the very beginning, up the windy path. I love Jack Nicholson going a bit crazy. I don't love the naked old woman. <laughs> yes, we've, we've discussed that. Yeah, I like when she's all young and nice looking, but when she's old... Mm, I like when he's chasing Sissy Spacek up the stairs with the axe. And then that always makes me think of when Homer looks at the mirror on the wall and falls down the stairs. Um, but then the Godfather is is Al Pacino before he became, you know, a, a coke-addled, shouting <laughs> maniac. Yeah, it came, it came out before Scarface, yeah. It's like... <laughs> But even Scarface is is kind of, in my mind, like pre what Al Pacino is, is has become. You know, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's like it's 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 the rarest of things, a subtle Al Pacino performance. But like, as good as Al Pacino is, fucking Marlon Brando in The Godfather is is I think one of, if not the all time, favorite singular performance in a movie. Um, and I think James Caan is fucking great in it as well. Okay, but what think, about what about Jack Nicholson in The Shining? I once said and was ridiculed by saying that 
Jack Nicholson, The Shining reminds me a bit of Jack Black. Uh, yeah, deservedly so. Yeah, yeah, you were. I don't think deservedly so. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even mean that as like an insult or anything. I just think that's a comparison. Yeah, that yeah, I, I, mean, I like Jack Black, but what the fuck? He does a lot of the eyebrow acting and a lot of... Oh, so he's like The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now there's a remake that needs to be made. Oh, God. Anyway. Anyway. It's vote, it's vote, it's vote time. It's put the balls on the table time. Which, by the way, I was listening to an exhibit song. Uh, just on a quick tangent. I was listening to an exhibit song yesterday featuring Nate Dogg and Eminem. And it, the chorus has lyrics, put your nuts on the table, which makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. Nate Dogg is great, though. Anyway, which of these is better, The Shining or The Godfather? I will go for... Godfather. I go for Godfather. Okay. Sorry, I can't, I can't. I can't be mad. I can't be mad. It's you know, um, yeah. it's Godfather. It's great. I love The Shining, but it's yeah. I, I probably agree with you. That these are probably the two objectively best films left. So. <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, I just, I just like the the entire runtime of The Godfather. Last time I watched it, which was like this year, I think. I'm just looking at it going, this film is so fucking good. <laughs> this film is so good. Everything about this film is good. Um, I mean, I say the same about The Shining, realistically. Oh, no, I've said Godfather. I'm not going back. No, I'm you're not going to be voting for The Shining. Okay. So now we're going to do, for the first time, the live draw for the semifinals. Oh, excellent. So up first, we have The Godfather. Oh, and the Godfather is going against Back to the Future. Oh, brutal! Oh, hmm. oh, lordy! Which means lordy, 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 lordy. we're going to have then Empire Strikes Back and Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, since we since we put you in the tight decider spot previously, do you want to go first to your poll? Godfather or Back to the Future? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go Godfather based on my last pick. I think Back to the Future is really great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and I know Joe loves Back to the Future, so I, I feel like personally, like I'm, I'm killing his baby for want of a better phrase. <laughs> but you know, Back to the Future for me was always more of a top like twenty movie as opposed to a top five movie. Um. I love the characters. It's got the most likable characters. I love the time travel. It's the best time travel's ever been done. But like, Godfather, come on now. For me, it's got to be Godfather. Um, great performances. Everything about it is brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I'll go Godfather. Oh, I haven't I seen I haven't seen Back to the Future recently enough either to, to talk about it in great yeah. depth. So I'll leave that to you guys. I'm gonna go back to the future because it's my favorite film. And I think it is, you know, people remember it for the silly, the silliness, you know, the, the hoverboards and the Pepsis and the Cokes and all the, the Jaws. Jaws, 3D, yeah. yeah. And the, all the kind of silly bits that are in it that are very funny. But, um, you know, actually the movie, just the just the way it's written, 
um, the way it puts together kind of different genres, everything from the time sci-fi to fish out of water to nostalgia to teen comedy to the action, body, body cop movie in a sense. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, odd, odd, odd couple buddy movie. It, it takes every genre and every story type and just merges it into a incredible, incredibly cohesive like movie. It's, it's a the structurally a work of art in terms of of how they. They do it. And then the second one as well, obviously, builds on that. It's make um, like a tree and leaf. You sound like an idiot. Yeah, but I think... But then up against The Godfather, of course. Anyone can... <laughs> you can blame anyone for voting for The Godfather because that's, that's a proper movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I will go back to the future. All right, Barry, the decision rests oh. on your shoulders. Well, yeah, I figured it would. Um uh, similar, to, similar to to what Paul said, I, I I hate to kill Joe's baby, but I have to go Godfather. I think, um, yeah, I, it's it's. Of course, you only saw Godfather for the first time. Uh, but it's very, fucking great. Very, I don't know if you've heard. It's very good. Um, it is. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's it, they're they're t- two tremendous films, but I I I would have to go Godfather. Godfather it is. And then, in the second semi-final, Empire Strikes Back and Jurassic Park. Well, I, I, you, know, you know where I'm going on this. Empire Strikes Back, obviously. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean... I'm... Okay, Jurassic Park. No! Oh, oh, I will quit this podcast, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> See, now... I... <laughs> I'm faced now with a real dilemma, right? <laughs> do, do I pick what I think is the better film, or do I just want to see Barry's reaction? <laughs> if I pick Jurassic Park. Oh, Lord. Lordy, Lord. Well, it's, it's you pick the better film, whatever your definition of the better film. <laughs> it was not even better film. It's which film... I that like it. That's, what that's what we're doing this poll about. It's the better film. Well, is it though? <laughs> I, I well, could use, use whatever. Makeup poll. I don't know. What, like, fucking... No, the favorite film was always the uh, quantifier. I'm fine. But that being said, Barry, I am a man of the three eyes. Um, <laughs> integrity. Intelligence. Oh, God. Not much in- intensity, really, I suppose. Two eyes. <laughs> I'm a two eyed man. Um, and I will go for the film that means most to my little childhood heart. And that is Star Wars Episode 5 The Empire Strikes Back, which now goes into the final to face the Godfather. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Oh, my God. So it, it, I love how this has turned out, right? It's it's on one side, objectivity, first class filmmaking, the kind of film they show you, I assume, I've never been, in film school, right? Yeah. Though I assume most people in film school probably have already seen The Godfather. They'd be like, why are you showing this, this movie? We've all seen. <laughs> and on the other hand, you have fan service, blockbuster, sci-fi, kids love it toys the whole shebang yeah. for better or worse everything the star wars has become but like the peak of that kind of thing back when that was good before they ruined 
Back when but toys also, was a good thing. I also think it was it's an intersection though of when that those movies were also still excellent movies. Yeah, of course. Um like those first two was the second one Oscar nominated? I feel like it was. I know the first one was. Ooh, that's actually a really good question. I have no idea. Um Empire Strikes Back. Now we're not counting Oscar nominated for fucking sci-fi no, effects. Or, yeah. No, no, no. Actual awards that people are uh, No, it was nominated for Best Original Score, Art Direction, Sound, and it it won a Special Achievement Academy Award, whatever that means. Oh, rubbish. Anyway, um, okay, I guess Godfather wins then. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Oh God! If you were to ask me what movie would I stick on right now just to watch before bed? Oh no, we've gone back to the old. What film does Joe want to watch after the podcast? <laughs> method of voting. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be Empire. But, the original um, and best method. Oh, I really, I sincerely do not know. Um, I didn't for for some reason I didn't think Godfather would make it. I don't know why, but I kind of felt like it would be Empire and something else. I don't know I why Parasite I thought it would be, would be in the final for sure. Yeah, Empire and Parasite would have been an interesting uh, clash um, for a final, uh, but we obviously got it in the quarters. Um. Oh, I don't know. I'm think I'm actually leaning towards Star Wars to be honest. Because, like, the entire competition now is summary. We've we had 64 films whittled down to two. Part of me wants to not go with the norm, not go with what is the accepted answer and say, Chairshot Podcast's favorite film is The Godfather. Godfather, yeah. It's almost too much of a... No, that's not that's not representative of this podcast. This podcast is is about the crack and about irreverence and <laughs> about me talking about Triple X, the Return of Xander Cage in a in a faux intellectual way. Um, so I'm for once not going to vote with my brain, but I'm going to vote with my heart. I'm going to go for Empire Strikes Back. Wow, there it is. Hmm. I mean, it does have Yoda in it. So. Yeah, it does. And he he'd be eating Luke's sausage Ooh, and sausage. hitting R two D two with his little stick. I love my favorite. If ever if someone ever wanted me to say why are practical effects better than CGI, I'd be like look at look at Yoda doing no, no, <laughs> and, and his, his little shuffle walk he does, bonking him on the head. The, the original bonk go to horny jail image. <laughs> Was in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so fucking funny. Um, and the, the thing that people forget about Yoda, while we're on talking about Star Wars, by the way, is Yoda was never like this crazy old man. That was just a facade he put on to kind of. Yeah. It was like a test for Luke. And then once he gave it up, he was just like, "You, you're scared. You should be." And he was just this like old man. And yeah. it was only later that. Someone decided that, like, no, the canon is that Yoda is mad. But he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little kooky in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Anyway, come on. What are we voting for? Uh, I'll go for Empire. Okay, yeah, I think it's clean sweep. We'll, I think we're all going Empire. Wow, I tell um, you what. There we go. That was not the film I predicted half no. an hour ago was going to win this competition. 
But there you go. I think I voted against it about three times. (laughs) (laughs) We have a shock winner. And now we come to the uh, charity shield of the movie bracket. Empire Strikes Back versus Jingle All the Way. (laughs) It's got to be Jingle. It's got to be Jingle. Got to be Jingle All the Way. Jingle Jingle All the Way. Okay. (laughs) Let's move on to the rest then. That, that's no more and, brackets and for that, a few months now. No more brackets. That was a, a tremendous effort, though. Good, well done, Paul, for organizing that. It was very, um, very easy to do. And uh, yeah, that was a, a tough competition for sure. Uh, but yes, let's uh, let's jump into the wrestling. Have we all seen the old blood and guts? Yeah, although there were so many lads getting their arses pulled out on the show, I thought it should have been called blood and butts. Oh, old folks. Did anyone dun, 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 dun. Any, anyone gig their arse? <laughs> um, I bet Ric Flair would gig his ass if anyone <laughs> would gig an ass. What would happen if Barry went into the masseuse to a little a little giggage going? On? <laughs> It'd be, my arse would be looking like Steve Austin after a pay per view, just with a massive bandage on it. <laughs> Barry, you you've you've ticked. Do not speak to me, but I have to compliment you on your new Jack forehead looking arse. <laughs> Oh no! It's just like oh, this lad, this lad's rocking the dusty roads down there. Oh no! <laughs> I did not think Empress Max was going to win, and I didn't think we'd be talking about gig and arses um, on this podcast. No, no, we got we got all the, we got all the respectful film talk out of the way. Um. Anyway, blood and guts. What did you think of the match itself before we talk about the rest of it? Oh, well, I have an email. Let's quickly get to that. Oh, okay. Um, from Nick. Thank you for your email, Nick. He says, hi, gents. Some, some thoughts on AE Dub. Uh, number one, is it correct that Jericho has not bladed in his career until AEW? I read this somewhere. Uh, I think he is three times now in AEW. I honestly can't remember an example of Jericho blading pre-AEW. Uh, that sounds wrong, but I, I can't. Yeah, I, I don't know. What was that JBL match where he got all fucked up? Was that a, was that real or? I don't remember. It was like in his comeback. It was before he turned heel in 08. It was like Royal Rumble 08, was it? Yeah, and JBL like hit him with a. Ch- it was like a DQ. Yeah, it was like a, JBL hit him with a chair behind the ref's back. <laughs> Jericho was gushing blood everywhere, and then he hit him with a chair, and that was a DQ. And he was just covered in blood, covered in blood. Um, that, yeah, I don't think that's right. Although, no, anyway, I read his first two books. I don't remember him talking about it. And that's such a thing in wrestler books is to talk about blading. Um, right. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I don't, I don't recall. Anyway, Nick continues. Uh, While Blood and Guts was a good match, not great, uh, needed a bit more innovation. He says, the best match in AEW remains Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. I've watched it three times now. The pace, the blood, fantastic. Uh, He says, the end of Blood and Guts was ruined by the obvious padding and fake floor when Jericho hit the floor. I know he's not going to fall 20 feet onto metal. They're not stupid. And he says, number four, I now want to see Darby versus Sammy Guevara. That would be a match for the ages. Um, So, in terms of the Blood and Guts match, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I particularly liked the kind of early goings where it felt more like a 
an old school fight. Yeah. Um, that being said, one of the first spots was like a double springboard fucking <laughs> yeah. woodly do by Sammy Guevara. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I signed up for lads bleeding, fucking chair shots left and right. There was one early on that was it two Sammy maybe that looked like it like hit on the shoulder and then he was gig skiing from the old forehead. And I was like, that's how yeah. you fucking do it. That's how you fucking do it. Um, but then there was later on just a fucking straight on chair shot to the head on somebody Wardlow or someone. I don't remember who it was. Um, yeah, it, it was a little bit, um, God, what movie did I, did I just say? Was it where, where I really liked it, but there was, there was a, a little something missing from it that I can't quite put my Coco. It's it, very uh, similar to Coco. It was a bit of a Coco. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good. I, I for one, I might be the only person in the world who who liked the Jericho taking the bump off the top. Uh, while I agree that it looked ridiculously silly when he landed on a giant uh, crash pad with bits of cardboard done up yeah. to look like a metal whatever and um, when they went to the second angle that was qu- from quite far away admittedly but it was like looking down on the top of the cage you see him go off it looked really impressive and i was thinking you know well why didn't they use that angle the first time which is very easy to say in retrospect you know i'm sure they didn't know exactly how it was going to look um yeah. That being said, if you were again to, to nitpick, maybe they could have done something like it, it didn't necessarily have to be a crash pad there, very obviously sitting there the entirety of the match. Like the example I used, which I think looked equally silly ultimately, but I think was a clever way to do it, was when they drove the truck down at Armageddon 2000 for yeah. Kishi to take the moment. That's a clever way to do it, you know? Mm. Um, I, I don't know how hypothetically you would do that with like a truck or anything, but something could have been set up um, during the match. They they bring yeah. in something. You're going on this. Today. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I, I I see everybody's point that it looked very hokey, and I didn't catch on to it myself. But apparently, there were people who saw. Oh, there's this big <laughs> weird square thing that's never there. That is there suddenly. Yeah, I, I together. Yeah. So you know. I, I can see that point. I wasn't put off by it. I, you know, I was just like fucking hell. Jericho's taking some crazy bumps at his age onto a pad or not. That was, I thought was a really crazy bump. Um, and if I was to be very, very uh, apologist for AEW, I'd say I I prefer the wrestlers taking bumps onto big crash pads than what happened to Matt Hardy, for example, back. Uh, <laughs> back last year so yes um there is a middle ground where it's safe but looks not shit isn't that isn't that what we always say about chair isn't shots and everything isn't yeah. it make it look good it's, it's 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 like magic yeah it's an illusion you're supposed to make it look yeah. like you're doing something when you're doing something like don't really punch him in the face no yeah I, 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 I was just kind of surprised and well I suppose not surprised, this is just the way people are with, with AEW in particular. I couldn't believe it was such a hot topic. I, I was kind of the same as you, Paul. I thought it was a I like the finish. I like you know, I think that's kind of a classic I quit match thing to do is, you know, the threat of doing something like horrible. Um, you know, uh, I like that. I like the idea of the bump and I thought it was spectacular enough and then he hit the thing and you're like, Oh, okay, well, you know. I was more kind of disappointed because I was like 
I've we've seen crash pads a million times. Like every Shane McMahon thing is a crash pad. It's like I just wish uh, I wish we could get away from them in general. I didn't think this one looked any better or worse than a lot of the other ones we've seen over the last. But um, you know what would have looked worse? My my least favorite way of doing it. The Jeff Hardy Umaga style. You don't actually see him land. It was behind a truck or whatever. I I don't I don't really like that either. But I think there's a way you could do it where it splits the difference. And I think for me, it's just kind of like if you had someone, if you had a cameraman on at ring level, so at the on the entrance ramp, right, looking up at MJF, and so you effectively like see Jericho kind of. Yeah. Coming like 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 as, as if he's going to squash you by landing on on, on the cameraman, right? But then and then you hear the the because you know you hear the, the the smashing of it, and then and then you pan over and see, oh my god, he's crashed through the stage, quote unquote. Yeah, you, you know, I, I I think I just think there's there's um there's a lot of ways AEW is different from WWE, and that's great. But one of the things that they have kind of copied from them because I guess they are the industry leader when it comes to production is. They have 10 cameras and they have 10 different camera angles of every spot and they're not choosy about which ones they use. Like they replayed that spot over and over and over again from all these angles. Like these all, these all look bad. Stop, stop, stop. You don't have to, <laughs> like you don't have to show us because WWE does that as well. It's like they do these, these so, so spots and they constantly show, show it because it's their big spot and they're like, well, we have, we're, we're doing this one way or the other. And I think just a, a little bit more creative editing and framing of things like that. I think, you know, think outside the box. You know what I mean? You guys yeah. are the new the new kids in town. Shoot mm. your things differently. Edit them differently. I know this was live, so you couldn't really. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just, just think outside the box rather than having 10 camera angles on an obvious crash pad, you know. But you're right um, in that, um, was it when Shane McMahon backlash? 2001 was it when he jumped on big show yeah what year was that yeah where yeah the the crash pad was like above where the cameraman level was standing on the outside so you yeah. didn't see into where he landed you saw him come down and the kind of wood splitter up yeah yeah i mean i saw it compared to like the explosion Dude, no, which I don't yeah. think was anywhere on that level. No, that was that was that was like legitimately like embarrassing. That was like that was properly like oh they they've fucked this really bad. Um, yeah, match itself I thought was really good. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was um, they worked it with a kind of hateful kind of energy. They were going at each other. It was it was blood and guts. You know what I mean? They were bleeding. They were fucking hitting each other with shit. They were choking each other. Um, they, they, as you knew they would, because Khan is such a nerd, they got the, the face heel dynamic correct. Um, and every, every baby face came in house of fire and all that other stuff. So up until the finish, I thought it was really, really great. And then the finish, you know, it didn't ruin it for me. It just, it took it down a peg, but nothing too serious. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I was, I thought it was very good as well. Not, not great. And I, you know, I am a War Games aficionado. It's my yes. favorite gimmick. The my favorite match of all time is is the '92 War Games, and I've seen all the all the original ones. Um, so I, I I did I was you know really looking forward to it. Um, did enjoy it. I did have several nitpicks with it, which I'm going to read it read now. Have a, a prepared list. Oh, of, of, of uh, eight nitpicks. So, firstly, this really is a nitpick. I thought the cage was a little bit too big. 
Okay. Now I know that is a real nitpick, but for me, it's like the the thing of war games. It's quite claustrophobic. Right. Like you've got ten guys, you know, locked into these two rings in this cage, and it was quite a big cage. So I think that it, at times they just space like, outside the ring. Is that what you mean? Yeah. They no in the ring. I'm talking about. I don't know why it's it felt like between that. the ring ropes and the cage is what Maybe, I mean. Maybe yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. It, they, they just look very small in there. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It didn't look as claustrophobic, but I d- that's a very small nitpick. Uh, secondly, um, a few too many kind of contrived sort of springboard spots and things like that. And I think S- Sammy messed that one of them up. Yeah, point. very badly. I didn't mind it. Yeah, a couple of them were all right, but then it's, you know, this isn't the kind of match where I think you want to be doing all those kind of, you know, elaborate sort of contrived things. Um, it's supposed to be a war. Just just punch and kick each other. <laughs> that's fine. That's what it's all about. Um, I'd say number three, props to FTR, MJF uh, for the for the big big boy blade jobs because they, they certainly did well. But I, maybe there's just too much blood on Dynamite, but it didn't feel as bloody as I was expecting um, compared to a lot of the traditional war games. Um, and, and compared to like Britt Baker in the... Um, uh, the what was it? Thunder the, Rose street match. Fight, the street fight yeah. match, yeah. Um, where she was really gushing. Like, it, I don't want to, you know, sound bloodthirsty, and I want everyone to slice themselves open. But you know, I mean, if you're promising old school kind of war games and blood and guts, then you kind of want to deliver. And it, it did to a degree, but again, bit of a nitpick. Not, not quite. And it was mainly the heels as well. You know, I don't think really anyone on the babyface side kind of did it. It's bleeding a lot. Um, number four, weapons. I don't really like weapons in a war games, and they all brought in um, gimmicks, you know, yeah. chairs and stuff. I don't mind if it's like a, one of them sneaking in, like the fork, yeah, or if they bring in a spike or something like that. But when they just run in with a, a chair or a, I mean, luckily they didn't bring in kendo sticks and no trash and stuff, you know, then it would have been completely TNA. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the chairs. I think the cage is supposed to be there to stop the kind of outside interference, but also that kind of thing. But again, that's an epic. Bigger problem with it, too long. It yeah. was too long. Yeah. Classic classic war games. If you look back at the times, all under 25 minutes. They're like a sprint. They just, like, as soon as everyone's in there, it's just like, boom, right, let's go. Let's get to the finish. Let's kick the shit out of each other. This went on for 34 minutes. And it got to that point where it had the kind of mid-Royal Rumble feel, where there's just loads of people in a ring, yeah. punching and kicking each other, waiting for the, the thing to happen. And yeah. you're like, well... Why didn't you just cut this out? Just like, I don't know, get to the roof a bit quicker. You could have just yeah. done that. But like, so that was that was a disappointment. It was a point where I was a bit like, oh, okay, this is going on. <laughs> yeah, this is going on. I, I was, was watching the Fight TV version, which shows the yeah. in the commercial action. And yeah, there was definitely moments where it just stalled. That may have may not have helped it as well because they had to kind of wrestle. Jerry Although I, I, I was glad we had that because apparently a lot of Americans said that the flow was really thrown off by the ads. Because yeah. AEW do not do the WWE thing of where they slap on a hold. Like they're doing shit during the commercials, and yeah. I heard a lot, a lot yeah. of American reviews were like they, this killed the flow of the match for them. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, Another small point, but leaving leaving the cage in the first ever the first one, match, yeah. it's like the whole point again is to you know lock them all in there so they can't escape and then yeah. they have them escape. On the other hand, I liked what they did. I did like the, that finish and you know the whole concept of it was good. So that kind of I think you know 
it meant it was okay. I mean, it's kind of like the first Hell in a Cell where Kane comes and rips the door off. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it negates the whole point of the gimmick, but it was as cool as fuck. And I mean, Shawn Michaels and Taker had been wrestling on top of the cell and everything anyway during the match. Yeah, exactly. And then Foley Undertaker was exactly the same. Like they went straight out of, you know, straight out of the cage. It was better for it. So I think that's fine. Um, another point, Jericho is too old and slow to be climbing up the top of the cage. Yeah. See, so embarrassing. I was wondering if that was during a commercial break because he kept stopping and looking out at the crowd as if he was waiting to be told by the ref, all right, I we're back, go was, on up I quick. Thought, I thought he was just bollocks because he, I he was tell. absolutely knackered. But he kept doing the pose. It, oh, God, it was really bad. Whatever it was, whether it was the ads or whether he was knackered, I didn't like it. Um, yeah, and then the finish, the fall again. I didn't mind it the first... Um, you know, on the first watch, I think it was only when I've rewatched it so many times on Twitter that you start to see like the cardboard painted silver, yeah, and you see the crash pad a bit more obviously. But first time, I thought, um, yeah, it looked like that standard kind of finish you would get in a street fight or in a last man standing match that that's done a lot, and it's usually it's fine. I don't think it's a big deal. I would say the only thing is, is it's quite a sort of violent, you know, bloody match, and so to have that kind of stunt finish didn't sit as well with the rest of the match but i didn't i didn't think it was that bad i thought it was a you know pretty good finish so yeah overall i'd, I'd go like a four and a half star on that match not as good as, as thunder rosa brit baker for me though as, as well but um yeah good i have a bonus nitpick go on you know me and my nitpicks Ooh. i nitpicked the moxley taking his uh eye patch off remember that i said oh, oh yeah yeah I have a similar thing about this. I think um, MJF should have given him the thank you line pre-pushing him off. I think that would have landed better. If yeah. if if they surrendered and he had Jericho by the... I know Jericho is not top on, but had him by the lapels, basically. And look him in the eyes and gives him the thank you, as in, thank you, I'm taking your spot, which was the story, remember? Gives him the thank you and push him off. That's the moment. Instead of looking yeah. down at an unconscious Jericho and going thank you, I was like, ah, that's yeah. not that's not the the climax to the thank you storyline. You did it wrong. That's just me. And that and yeah. that my friends is a nitpick. That, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's a good note. That's more of a note than a nitpick. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like AW need to hire me because I think they get a lot of these moments. <laughs> they they get a lot of B plus moments when they could be having A plus moments. Yeah, and I'd say the funny thing is, so I, I watched the match first. I didn't watch the rest of uh, Dynamite. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, I was watching it before work, so I wanted to just get right. to the match. Um, and people were saying, oh, what, do you want Jericho to actually get thrown onto concrete, do you? Yes. And I went, well, no. Well, yes, but not necessarily. <laughs> Outside of the context <laughs> of wrestling, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched the rest of the show, and Darby Allen does get thrown onto fucking concrete. Yeah. Well, yeah. It literally, it literally happened on this show. So that was oh god, hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So that was yeah. I mean, the rest of the show was fine. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was okay. Speaking um, of going yeah. for too long, though, like that, the... that Omega segment. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Oh my god! Like, did they have to? Did something go short, and they had to? Oh, he was brutal as well. He was so brutal. Oh, like, and especially because that whole stables act is like the grating heel that walks the line so finely between go away heat. And he's out there vamping for like five full minutes. Oh my God. Oh my God. What was that? 
Mm. I uh, quite enjoyed Q- QT Marshall Cody Rhodes. That was pretty well done. Yeah. And then um, Agogo is is quickly becoming my one of my favourites. I think he might be the number one British wrestler in the world, quite honestly. <laughs> you know, Osprey and Sabre are cancelled. Uh, NXT UK is like witness protection. So <laughs> it's basically him and Pac, and Pac has it's barely around. So a go-go best Brit wrestler in the world. Yeah, um, I, I'm i loving that. They're doing such they're doing such great work with their, uh, with their young prospects, including himself. Um, uh, yeah, the, the the QT stuff was great. I mean, it, it was it was a perfect. It was it kind of it was it, it was it was perfect in the sense that you know they had a somewhat competitive match as they as they should mm-hmm. for a for a, a feud, but it was like Cody as the story is was clearly the better man like by far. They tied it all together nicely with the figure four, which he said he wasn't going to do before. Um, uh, loved all that, and and as I think most people know, it's it's. It's it's going to be more of a vehicle for the younger guys as well, and I'm interested to see. Like, I don't think they're going to do it. I I can't see them doing an Agogo match straight away. I, I I'm curious what they're going to do next. Hmm. Um, they do. Is it Cody's doing an announcement next week or something about yeah. the pay per view? Um, okay. I, I I'll be interested to see what what the card looks like. I I'm not really feeling the pay per view right now. If it's going to be they really they really set the table for Orange Cassidy versus Kitty, which I think on the night would probably be an excellent match, but that doesn't strike me as a feud I want to watch on TV. Mm. Um, if it's going to be Kenny doing that shit, all going 100 miles an hour, screaming and shouting, like that's my least favorite version of Kenny, which is why I don't like him as a heel. I hate when I hate his heel promos. I hate his heel character. It's so grating. Uh, you know, and I love Cassidy, but that. That to me screams AEW fucking Judgment Day. You know what I mean? That's B pay per view uh, main event. As much as I love Cassidy, um, Br- Britain Sheeta will be good, but I, you know, I, I can't say I'm, I'm, uh, you know, uh, losing it. And Cody, yeah, what's it going to be? Is it going to be a? I suppose we'll find out. But you know, is it going to be in a go go match? What's it going to be? Um, the other thing they did on this show was they had the Moxley Kingston team beat. Uh, Nakazawa. Mm. Um, I like that team, but you know, yeah, that was definitely it. worth not breaking Omega's ankle for having that completely <laughs> yeah, having that match. match. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess they'll face the box. That's that. That seems like the direction. Uh, Four way tag was all right. Nothing, nothing crazy, but nothing too bad. Um, I did like Max Caster's um, line about Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, that was yeah, funny. Um, yeah, the rest of the card was okay. I, I, n- nothing, nothing worth writing home about. Um, next week's, next week's looks interesting. Um, on that note, did any, did we watch the dark side of the ring this week? Not yet. No, not yet. Okay, we'll postpone that another week. So, uh, it was very good. It was very good. It was among the. It was among the better ones they've done. There was a lot of stuff I wasn't aware of in the Pillman story. Um, and it's very well told. Very, very good. Really liked it. Uh, next week, I believe, is Nick Gage, which I think will be a lot of fun. Um, I think that's going to do it, so for the if that's all the wrestle guff, and, and, and we've done our various other guffs, so uh, um, I suppose we can call it there. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, so thanks for listening, folks. Chairshoppodcast.com if you want to pop us a mail. At Chairshoppod if you want to reach out that way. 
we will be back next week talking more AEW, talking more of the wrestling news. Maybe we'll have Dark Side of the Ring. Um, we'll have our various other guffs. No bracket next week, so maybe we'll just move on to some other movies and some some other games and some other uh, haircut updates, you know, uh, exciting times here in, in the nation. So, yeah, uh, thanks very much for listening, and we'll be back next week. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. Yeah,